now, introducing a guy. A real guy, not a fake guy, not a guy in disguise, and more than just a guy, but not by much. This guy's the limit. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning. I hope you all had a lovely holiday weekend. It is Glenn Clark Radio, Monday edition of the program. I'm Glenn. He's Paul. Busy day on tap. My friend, the NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard, is going to join us in a couple of minutes. She's got a new radio show. Unreal. What a rise. What a star. We're going to talk to her about that. She's a goddamn media mogul these days. By the time I turn around, she's doing another hit somewhere. She's like, oh, I'm on TV today. I'm on this show today. I'm like, man, what the hell? It's real weird. Launching a show together. Nobody's calling me. She's been on TV. Yeah, she was on Fox the other day. It was crazy. What? Was crazy. That's awesome. She's, she's, she's doing great. I love Rita. And I understand that she's the star. Don't get me wrong. I want to make this abundantly clear. I've said this a billion times. She's the star. Might want to switch. Just realized that wasn't as coarse as my usual. I was like, well, that's nice. We're, oh, no, it's not mine. That's the reason for that. Making love to my mic cover. Yeah, right? I'm like, I, it's, it feels nice. It feel, oh, oh, because it doesn't belong to me. Um, anyway, the moral of the story is that I know Rita's the star. I've been abundantly clear about that. Everybody always asks, hey, why are you going back on? I'm like, because I can ride Rita's coattails. Because I can hang out with the star. That's the point of all of this. But she's going to join us in a couple minutes as uh, we're launching the show this Sunday. Uh, this Sunday afternoon, 1 o'clock on 105.7 The Fam. Also this morning, my buddy Matt Swope, Maryland baseball hitting coach. They're coming to Towson tomorrow. They're playing a game here in Baltimore. They're one of the best teams in the country. Uh, he's also one of the most thought of hitting coaches in the country. If you remember when we had Lamont Wade on the program uh, a couple months back, he was raving about the work that he's done with Matt Swope. And so we're going to check in with um, Maryland baseball hitting coach here in just a little bit before they come to Towson tomorrow. Stephanie Reddy from NBA TV, Coppin State alum, one of our favorites. She is going to check in as the NBA playoffs got underway this weekend. Definitely did not sweat the Suns covering last night at all. Not a big deal to me whatsoever that they went from a 20-point lead down to about a 6-point lead in the second half. All good. Totally had a cover all the way. <sighs> um, did not feel great about uh, the Grizzlies. They got their butts kicked by the Timberwolves, and I, uh, I, did, not, I did not play that particular pick quite so well. And uh, my pick that the Raptors would cover the series spread against the Sixers don't look so great one game in. That was a butt kicking. So were the – I also put a little money on the uh, the Hawks to cover the series spread against the Heat, and that was also a butt kicking. So I don't feel so great about that. But we'll talk about the NBA playoffs with Stephanie Reddy. And uh, it's Monday, so Jeremy Kahn will check in with us as he is wont to do on a Monday edition of the program. All that on the way. Today's show is brought to you by your uh, friends, the Baltimore Police, as they continue to be on the search. You can join a proud new generation of Baltimore Police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. Got a column up right now at pressboxonline.com for you to check out. It is... Me finally giving you I this was inspired by the emailer last week who was like, Hey, a lot of times there's one guy that you've coalesced or, or whatever it is that, I don't even remember the words were that he said. But I was like, Yeah, I guess there isn't one guy that I've necessarily like fallen in love with related to the draft. So it inspired me to tell you guys five things I'm in favor of. Five things I'm in favor of the Ravens doing 
in the NFL draft. That column is up right now, pressboxonline.com, as we are just over a week away. We are, to be exact, um, 10 days away from the start of the NFL draft on April 28th. Of course, I mentioned Rita's coming on with me. She'll be joining me in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel for the first round of the NFL draft. We want to have you come join us as well next Thursday evening in the FanDuel Sportsbook, Live Casino and Hotel, 61, 24-7, self-service kiosk. And the draft is a great night to be there because you can literally bet by pick. It is one of the best live betting experiences that exists in sports. Come hang out with us. Join us in the FanDuel Sportsbook. Um, so, yeah, that column is up right now at PressBoxOnline.com. Ravens players starting to trickle back into the building as offseason workouts got underway today. Our buddy Tyus Bowser looked pretty good as he was walking into the building. That's a positive sign. Um, the Ravens were sharing video of other players making their arrival for off-season workouts. It doesn't mean anything, but it's just, you know, it's content for content's sake, which is what we do in 2022. The Orioles take two out of three from the Yankees, and with that in mind, it is time on Mondays, uh, ladies, on Mondays, he's got all the time in the world for you. He is our two-minute man. He is Paul Valley to try to tell us what matters from the weekend as the Orioles took two out of three from the Yankees. All right, so what really matters is the Orioles took two out of three from the Yankees, and that's something that everybody should be excited about. Um, the, the team ERA right now through nine games is 304, which is basically the exact opposite of what we expected it to be. Starting pitchers in that series combined for 14 in the third innings pitch, one earned run on 13 hits, six walks, and 13 Ks. Now, some of the things that irritated me in Saturday's loss, Mike Ballman was pitching when, when the second rain delay hit. It was maybe a 40-minute delay. He came out to warm up on the field, but Travis Lakins Jr. was on the hill when play resumed. The reason people were upset about this is because we kind of know what we are with what we have with, with Lakins. We don't really know what we have yet with Mike Ballman, and I think that we would have rather seen Mike Ballman go out there. And if he gets shellacked, we're okay with it because at least you're seeing something. With Travis Lakins, you're seeing what you have already seen. He's a fringe major league pitcher. Uh, the Orioles this year, they were 8 for 81. I'm sorry, 7 for 81, entering the eighth inning of yesterday's game with runners in scoring position. They get three consecutive hits, including my boy, Ruth Ned Odor, uh, with a pinch hit, two runs singly. He has two pinch hits for the Orioles this year. Uh, that puts him at 10 for 84. Still not great, but three consecutive hits with runners in scoring position is something worth being excited about. And another thing I'm a little irritated with, uh, Brandon Hyde takes his fourth outfielder, uh, Ryan McKenna, and he's used him perfectly this year. Pinch hits every now and again. He plays the outfield, comes in for uh, as a defensive replacement, and he gets a start, and he bats him fifth. I have no idea why Ryan McKendon's batting in the fifth hole, and you sent out a lineup like that yesterday with Chirinos batting sixth and then Chris Owings and Kevin Gutierrez and Jorge Mateo, and it's a head-scratcher. After he managed the game so beautifully on Saturday, I mean on Friday night, to see what he did with that lineup on Sunday where he basically put out the B and C squad was a little frustrating. They managed to pull out the win, um, but... All right, all right, so a few things in here. Um, one, you, you, you're, you're giving me your grievances. Yes. That's not selling me at all that I should care. You got to remember, the idea is that you're selling me that I should care, right? Mm -hmm. not, not just, hey, here's what Paul cares about. Got to sell me on what I should care about. You should care right? that the Orioles took two or three from the Yankees. Uh, the pitching so I, is doing we, well. We start with that. 
it it's neat. It doesn't actually matter, and that's that's the the problem with all of this, right? Does it actually matter? No, but is it fun? Yeah, it's fun. Of course, it's fun. Obviously, it's fun. We all agree that it's fun, and making fun of the Yankees is is great fun and all of that. Does it does it actually matter? Does it have anything that? No, it it's utterly. The overwhelmingly likely scenario is that within a month, it will not matter whatsoever that the Orioles took two out of three from the Yankees than if they had taken one out of three from the Yankees. But I get it. In 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 a vacuum, in a we got nothing else going on, so why not make fun of some Yankees fans? Sure. Who who doesn't enjoy that, right? Like, but does it actually matter? Does it have long term ramifications? Not whatsoever. And that's the tricky part about a weekend like this is that like in trying to build what matters for these Orioles, you're trying to build off of things that you see from certain players and to say, hey, this could be a sign that maybe this guy has more to offer. The big takeaway from this weekend would be the bullpen. The bullpen would be the big takeaway. The problem is, as as nice in a vacuum as that might be, and as I saw a couple of people trying to do the bit where like, well, maybe you're building up these bullpen arms to be trade chips. Sure, for the sake of trading them, absolutely. The idea that you're building them up in order to get something for them of any real value, no. At, no. at, at this point in the rebuild, I wouldn't understand doing that. Uh, you have to fi- you have to find pieces because I, I think everybody agrees that this is really like the last year that you can go out there and be a, a very well. Bad it depends on who it is, right? Like everybody still, it, somebody who's here for a one year deal, then. It's irre- the only thing you can do is try to move them and try right. to get something for them. Someone who's a young pitcher that you're trying to figure out if they have any sort of value whatsoever in your organization, yeah, sure. I mean, like, I, I get the idea that you're not looking to trade them for the sake of trading them. You're trying to figure out if they can have value to your organization. But everybody's story is a bit different as you go through this process. Uh, Paul Fry is really the only guy in that bullpen that fits the former. With that, a, a guy who you could trade to try and get something for, because the rest of the guys are young, in the back end of that bullpen that you have team control over. Uh, Brian Baker, Cianel Perez, Joey Crable, Felix Bautista, you have control over those guys. So I, I think at this point you have to look at them as are these guys potential pieces? And it's only nine games in; it's way too early to tell. I mean, the Orioles bullpen started out on fire last year, and they completely fell apart by the middle end of May. So. Uh, I'm not. I don't think that you're trying to build up all these guys to try and trade them. Maybe Paul no. Fry. No, I mean, I, I think. By the way, part of that saying something like that is merely hoping that a couple of these guys can hang on to this, right? And that, that it's nothing more than just a uh, you know a blip on the radar. Um, I, I am. I, I'm unmoved. Again, we're, there's two different things going on. There's what's happening in a vacuum. The bullpen pitched well for the weekend, and if you care about the games night in and night out, that's a good thing. In the big picture, it's a, I don't know, maybe it's interesting. You know, seeing how I joked about it on a Friday. I'm like, yeah, the Orioles bullpen is pitching really well, whoever the hell these guys are. And that's the problem with getting excited about it. Could it be something? I mean, I don't know. Maybe. I can't tell you for sure it isn't. But reading into this point that the idea is that the Orioles are finding a strong bullpen and pieces that are going to be part of the equation for some time to come, I mean, that's that's silly. That's just something that we're doing for the sake of doing it. That's not real. Um, so I'm a little bit concerned that, uh, okay, there we go. I don't know what happened there with the computer. Yeah, my, my, my finger accidentally hits that button. <laughs> okay. Sometimes I just got to right. turn it back on. But, okay. but real quick, just, just to close things here, you, you say why should you care? None of this matters. 
there's no, there's not. I get that. I, I kind no, of no, agree no. with it's, you. It's, it's not, not. It's. I'm not saying none of this matters. I'm saying you gotta. We've gotta figure out why it matters. We've gotta figure out what we can sell to make it matter. The, well, the, the the starting Tyler Wells and. Um, Bruce Zimmerman, that matters. That matters. Well, it, I, I think because they're young pitchers, and you're trying to see what you have. It could potentially right. matter. Uh, and they're 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 pitching well to start, which is what you'd like to see. Yes. But the guys that you're really supposed to get excited about and care about, they're not here yet. So no, I, I, I can I can make you care a lot no, more no, once those guys no, no, get no, no, here. But you're not, again, your job with the say or your I say job. That's not the right word. The idea, the concept is to sell why it could matter, and you have numbers say, hey, look, what Bruce Zimmerman's doing is really worth paying attention to as far as changing his trajectory within this rebuild. That's a selling point. Mm-hmm. That's something that could be mad that could matter. But you gotta present that. You gotta you gotta sell that, right? Okay. Like that his perhaps Bruce Zimmerman's trajectory is changing within this organization from being an also ran guy that's just in the rotation because there aren't enough pitchers to maybe a guy look at how the, these pitches that he's actually making and here's an advanced stat that shows he's actually pitching quite well something along those lines that could maybe change his trajectory within the organization and put him back into the conversation to be a part of this rotation whenever things do come together what? again we i would still have the responsibility to say we're talking about two starts right but it's at least worth the, the conversation. See, I think I still have it in the back of my mind what Andrew Stecka originally said, where you don't watch the games and I um, recap it for you. Uh, so at I, some I, point, I gotta, uh, no, 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 that's not what I want. I know that's not what that's you what want. That's what I said. I, I, I'm not gonna. By the way, there will become a point in the season where likely I'm going to stop watching the games. Don't get me wrong. Like that's that's going to happen inevitably, where it's just woeful and I can't do it anymore. But I said very clearly, it's t- what matters. We got to put it in context. What actually matters. Mm-hmm. You oh, you react every. You prepare to apologize to Rugnet Odor, or we'll get back to that part. We'll get back to that in a little bit. We'll, <laughs> we'll do that. Um, One hit. You get you get overwhelmed by small things. You get worked up. It's you. That's your thing. Yeah. I'm not gonna be that guy. But you got to try to sell me on why maybe I could. Well, those are the All things right? that I got worked up over. Well, that's that's uh, those aren't the the right things. You're picking the wrong things. All right. A very limited amount our, of time. There is our Orioles recap for the weekend. She was at the game on Friday. Look at her. Miss Baseball now. She is the baseball, the MLB chick. She is my partner, the NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard, and she's with us here on GCR. What's going on, Rita? Excuse me. I've been to two games. I Look went at to you. opening day, yeah. and I went to the game on Friday. Like I said. And they are 2-0 and o since I've been there. Look at you. You know, I said that's why you're the MLB chick now. That's the now, way now that you're doing works. the most is being done by you, Glenn. <laughs> Stop. When are you going to another <laughs> game? <laughs> when you, when you, I, you know what's funny about that is, like, I was saying, I was saying that, like, that's such a good thing to do, like, on a Friday night, on a nice Friday night, because it was literally, like, some last-minute stuff. I went on the intention of getting a Jackie Robinson pen. Mm. Didn't get one, by the way. Ah. Thanks to the thanks to the um, the light rail that didn't um, come. Wait, I thought I, I saw to, you were walking to the game or something. And I had to walk to the stadium. Oh, that, okay. that was, yeah. I, I wasn't going to, right? Okay. And then I decided to catch the light rail, and then the light rail said it was going to take 35 minutes. And do you know that in the time that I walked, it still never came. So shout out to <laughs> oh, that's the a nightmare. Transit oh god, that's terrible. a nightmare. Okay. Oh. So yeah, um, ended up getting there like at uh, six forty. So of course, there's no more Jackie Robinson. 
and look, this was great because it wasn't as many Yankee fans as we're used to seeing. It was more Orioles fans this night. I was very shocked by that. And it was a nice, a very nice crowd. It was a very nice crowd. It was a beautiful night for baseball, so I get it. Oh, Friday but, night was immaculate, no doubt. But, man, listen, why y'all, why y'all pick this day? Because I wanted to get my – I usually don't have any problems getting the promotion. Never. And now, all of a sudden, now you guys want to come outside. Go back in the house. Okay? <laughs> Let Rita get her damn bobbleheads in the future. <laughs> Let Rita get her, her floppy hats. Let Rita get her pennants, whatever it is. Oh, that damn. We're Golly. Yeah. Seriously. All right. So I- I'm going to give you this question because it's been given to me a few times. And I got to be honest with you, I don't have the answer. Why are we doing this? I, I don't have the answer either, Glenn. Uh, <laughs> I wish I did. <laughs> I swear, people get all like, they're like, they're, they'll be like, oh man, this is a big deal. I'll be like, is, is it? <laughs> I, are you me? Do you, are, are you it? me? Because I swear to I feel, you, this I feel so bad. I feel so bad when time. I say it. Everybody's like, oh, wow, yeah. this is such a great right. opportunity. And I'm just like, yeah. 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 <laughs> So I, the truth, truth be told, right? The reason why I'm doing it is because it's Rita. That's it. That's the end. That's end of hey, list. Glenn, same. <laughs> if it's because of you, if if it wasn't us, uh, this would not be happening. So, you know that, right? so we're starting this Sunday at one o'clock. Uh, every Sunday on 105.7 The Fan. Paul asked before he's like, "Does the show have a name?" I'm like, "Nope." In fact, not only does it not have a name, we haven't even figured out. I, I said, well, we can just make it Rita and Glenn. And as soon as I said that, she was like, or it can be Glenn and Rita. And I'm like, yeah. we're never, yeah. this is who we are. Like, we are, we are this way. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a Virgo thing. Like, it really is. It really is. Hey, don't put me in the front forefront. You go ahead. A hundred percent. And it's never, we're never going to come to an agreement. The way it's going to go is it's going to depend on who's talking in that moment. Because when I'm talking, I'm going to say you're listening to Rita and Glenn. And when Rita's talking, she's going to say you're listening to Glenn and Rita. Like this, is a, this is a great opening. I think I, I think this is our opening, right? I feel like the opening should be like Glenn and Rita or Rita and Glenn. Yeah, that's right. How, you how choose about, your own adventure. How about the NFL chick in the Baltimore? No. 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 That's back to me trying to do the most. That's right back to that. <laughs> this is just who we are. Like we can't help ourselves. This is who we are. This we is don't the w- know, man. We just we just winging it like we always do. There's no doubt. There is no doubt that's the way it's going to go. So, all right. So, again, I I'm going to interview you the way that people have been interviewing. By the way, you are a damn media mogul these days. Get out of Every here. Every time man. I turn around, you're doing another show somewhere. Look at no, you. No, man. It's it's hilarious cuz cuz um Brandy Proctor, my girl, she's actually uh someone I went to school with and she works at Fox 45 and she was like she called me and she was like, "I want to talk about your new show." And I was like, "Oh, cool." So that, I mean, you know, for us, right? Yeah, so I like, yeah, I'll go on and do the show, and you know, I'll, it was a great opportunity for 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 me to say, "Hey, guys, you know, we're we're doing a new show, and you know, check us out." But yeah, I mean, I, when I looked like a ballpoint pen on the show, <laughs> yes, I saw the picture. <laughs> I, I, first of all, <laughs> our I'm friend Johnny. 
I, I look like a ball point peg. You know, I don't have any hair. Uh, you know, maybe I just need to stick to radio. Wait, wait, wait. wait. You, but you're owning that look, though. Stop. You're owning that look. Thank you. And I appreciate that. But the shininess and the and the roundness is really, I was just like, yeah, I look like a ball I'm point I'm insanely peg. jealous of it. Because, Rita, I used to, like, literally growing up, whenever my hair just got out of control, I would just shave it all off. And like I love doing it. Like it was my favorite thing in the world because I was a child and nobody said like, "Hey, dude, you look like a skinhead." Like you you, you look like you're announcing something. You look like you're American History X over here. Like not great. And then I was like, "Oh, I guess I can't do that anymore." Damn. (laughs) So I'm jealous as hell because I love that concept. Thank you. I love it. I appreciate you. So it's fun because every time like when you do these things and every time somebody talks to me about it they're like well what are you guys going to talk about and my legitimate answer is whatever the f we feel like yeah we we are not the the idea that this is going to be uh we're going to do some produced segments we're going to do we're going to book some guests we're going to do some things and and we're going to have fun that way but we're also going to look at each other in a commercial break and be like the hell you want to talk about next exactly (laughs) that's gonna happen that's what we do if you've ever listened to project game day if you listen to the tyus bowser show that's just sort of who we are like i'll have a a list of a couple things i want to get to we'll do some of that and then we'll just kind of go with it from there and i and i hope that's what people like about us rita i hope that's why people are listening that's my thing it's like why do, Why does that have to be structured? Don't you guys get tired of the structure that you listen to all the time, right? That's cool. But, you know, it's baseball season, and, and we know, you know, if you love the Orioles, you understand that that's very slow. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it gives us the opportunity to kind of just go all over the place. Like, we, like you said, like we do for Project Game Day. It's been plenty of times, like, we've had much to talk about, and somehow, some place, we go off the rails. Oh, my God. And talk about something else, oh even though there's literally a game we're supposed no to doubt. cover. No doubt. I think it's safe to say topics. Like, things during the week that everybody's firing away at, we'll, right. we'll probably get to those. I talk about it a lot. Like, there's things that I just don't get to during the course week of my show, and I'm like, man, I, w- I had something to say about that. And I think it's right. safe to say that, like, topics, not LeBron James versus Michael Jordan, not like the debate show topics. Right. I mean, like, actual interesting things that come up, and I, I mean, even sports ish. Right? right, like the way you behave at a baseball game when you go on a Friday night, things like that. I right. think it's safe to say we're gonna do a good bit of that type of stuff. I think so too. Like, it, and that'll be fun, right? Like that, it it, it won't be so quote unquote traditional, and you know, we'll we'll have some fun with it. That's that's I think that that's the most important thing. Is like we'll have some fun um, with the show, and you know, it's listen. It comes at a perfect time. The draft is coming. So that's stuff that y'all want to talk about anyway. You want to talk about the NFL draft, what the Ravens are going to do, blah, blah, blah. We'll have that conversation because literally the draft will be four days um, after our first show. And then the next show will be recapping. Yep the draft yep. so you know we'll, we'll get into all the, the the important stuff but we're gonna get into a lot of fun stuff too 
Rita, the NFL Chicks, Rita Hubbard is with us. Of course, she not only, and I will be on Sundays, 1 o'clock on 105.7 The Fan, but she's also going to be joining me in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel for the first round of the NFL Draft coming up Thursday the 28th. We are looking forward to that. That is just a simple hang. That's all it is. There's, it's the best event to live bet because you can literally bet on every pick. You can just run right up and bet on whatever the next pick is going to be. It's an incredible live betting night. So come join us in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel for that. Rita, it was... Pro- yeah. Before you before you go to your next part, do you know anybody that's ever like potentially bet one to thirty two and got it? One to thirty two, no, no, I've never, I've never known. Even like that, that like rankings, like Ken, because Ken does that. He submits his mock to like some grading site somewhere, right. and I think he told me that like the best anybody's ever done is like twenty six or something along those lines. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Like, if you that's, hit, because it's more than I would have ever imagine and i say that because like you know the nfl has a lot of trades right and you know right so that that's really and there's always somebody that like, there's always a laramie tunsil thing that we don't know about right, right. like there's exactly. always some something that ev- all of them know about but they've managed to keep it under the wraps until the last minute it is really interesting to me that suddenly trayvon walker became the betting favorite to go number one overall over the weekend. Like, really? Yeah. I don't know that where that comes from. I have no clue where that comes from. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that one at all. Not <laughs> not one bit. All right, let, let me give this to you because it was asked of me over the weekend. I said, I don't know how Rita feels about this because we don't talk about these things specifically. And I know you. You're, you're kind of dismissive of this type of stuff. But I was told, like, and, and they, the person that told me this said, I can't swear to you that she's the first, but I know if she ain't the first, she's one of the only few. There have not been many black women that have gotten the opportunity to, you know, host prominent radio sports shows in Baltimore. Is that a big yeah. deal to you? Does that matter to you? Do you feel like it's, it's important, that type of opportunity? I do. Um, I do think it's important to have that type of opportunity. And um, one of the things that Chuck um, the uh, at one hundred five yeah Chuck Sapienza yeah thank you he we talked about was he was saying that <clears throat> you know he had went to Morgan State earlier that day and I think that they had a job there so you know he talked to the students and. Um, a lot of the the women were saying what they wanted to do, sideline reporting. And I remember at one point that that was something that I wanted to do, too. So nobody really wants to go to radio. Everybody wants to go to TV, and everybody wants to do, you know, sideline reporting. But as I've gotten older, Glenn, and, you know, I'm pretty opinionated when it comes to No, no, Um, you? (laughs) Not me, I know, right? You. So I I think that... um, now in the space that I'm in now, I would I would hate being on TV and doing satellite reporting because I think that um, radio gives you an opportunity to be opinionated, and satellite reporting is basically factual information that you're gathering and you know just reporting it doesn't really give you a lot of nuance to to kind of bring in your own spin of things yep. on how you feel. So you know, I I personally have grown to love radio because it allows me to be, you know, subjective, you know, whether I'm right or wrong, right? Like, as long as it's entertaining, people are going to listen. And TV, I think, is a little bit more objective, which is, you know, I I just feel like I'd be having too many opinions to just be objective (laughs) about about Um, stuff. Right. Yes, 
I guess the point is, is that I think a lot of people's aspirations are to be one thing. And, and so the radio portion gets ignored. And so I think that it's great that, you know, I am now having the opportunity to be on a um, a larger platform um, with you, of course, and then have these conversations that we're missing, you know, because I really feel like this could potentially be like the Tyus Bowser show, but yeah. like on the radio. And by that, I mean, like, we always have like, you know the earth the the urban conversation. A hundred percent. I and I got no problem. I, I one of the things I I tell people that I love the most about you is that Rita's not. She'll call me for my nonsense. Like you know me. I I like to kind of walk the middle of the road, right? Like right. I like to. I like to keep friends on over places, and, and Rita's unafraid to say, okay, Glenn, right? Like, she's unafraid to do it, and I'm like, okay, you're right. I know you're right. Um, and, and I think that's one of the things that I look forward to the most about doing this every week is having those conversations and me being forced to say, okay, I can't just, I can't just play it down the middle and, and sort of hide and, and, and anything along those lines. And so... It's going to be fun. It, it challenges me, and I like that. I need to be challenged a little bit. I need that. Yeah. So I'm looking we forward to it. We both do, right? Yep, and that's 100%. What great. 100%. That's, what makes the, that's what makes the union great because I do think that we, we're good and doing that with for each other. And so that's that's the part that that's great. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Like, you know, I could I could not like the person that I'm with on Sundays, but I'm with one of the best people, so that's great. At the NFL Chick, of course, is how you follow her. The Gridiron Gals podcast continues, correct? Yeah. And then every Sunday afternoon, 1 o'clock for Rita and Glenn. Yes. That's the way it's going to go. I got it. I got it over on you this time. I thought you were going to correct me, so I'm happy about that. That's okay, because when we actually do this, it's going to be Glenn and Rita. We keep going back and forth. I love love you, friend. I'll see you on Sunday, all right? All right. See you Sunday. That's the NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard, joining us here on GCR as we get ready for the debut of the new show Sunday at 1 o'clock on 105.7 The Fan. Today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4 available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Um, look, I am a couple just from a couple people from uh, Ian Glenn. How can you be dismissive of the importance of the Orioles beating? The, I see Ian's having fun. No, I it's fun. It is fun. One thousand percent. It's fun. You think I didn't enjoy it? I loved it. I made a joke yesterday on social. I said, "Yeah, but there's just not that much joy in beating a woeful, mo- morbid poverty franchise like the Yankees." I I had tons of fun with it, but it's what it is. And that's where I'm. I go back to the practicality of it, right? Like it's fun in a vacuum. Like sweeping the Red Sox at the start of the season was fun in the past, but we have to acknowledge it as that. It's fun. It only matters if it becomes a pattern. If suddenly this team is far better than we think they were supposed to be, well, then it matters. Like let's talk about that. It matters, but otherwise, it's it's fun. Which is, there's nothing wrong with fun. I like, believe it or not, I, I'm a bit of a, I consider myself a bit of a fun guy. You, you get it? You get it? It's fun. It's fun. I enjoyed it a great deal. Could not have uh, enjoyed it more. In fact, literally, as I was getting ready, as I had hosted 50 people at my house yesterday, 
I still had the uh, the old app on the phone out at the grill. It was a terrible day for grilling. Thanks a lot for the wind. Um, I, I I was very invested because it was fun. It was a good time. I am always in favor of enjoying watching the Orioles beat the Yankees. There'll never be a day where that gets sick for or I get sick of that. Right. That's what I meant to say. Hey, tomorrow afternoon, the University of Maryland baseball team is rolling up here, up this way, to Towson. It's the second time they've come up to town this year. I thought that was a really cool thing in putting a schedule together, um, especially given the, some of the Baltimore kids that are on that team. Uh, as they were at UMBC earlier in the year, and now they're playing at Towson tomorrow afternoon. And Maryland baseball, for those of you that aren't paying attention, they're very good. They're, they're really, really good. They're one of the top 25 teams in the country. They just swept Ohio State over the weekend. They had a big walk-off three-run homer on Friday night. And our next guest is the hitting coach at the University of Maryland. I've had the chance to chat with him a couple of times, the impact that he's made on a lot of guys from this area. He is Matt Swope, and he's with us now here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn. It's good to chat with you again, my friend. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. No, I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Absolutely, man. Coach, this, uh, this season, the way it's come together, did you – did you know, after what you guys did a year ago, did you know something like this was coming, that you guys had the opportunity to truly be one of the best teams in the country? Yeah, I, I think we had, we had a good idea, just with, with some of the core group that was back from last year and, and you know, an older group, a mature group, and, and especially with the starting pitching. I think in college baseball, you're playing so many games, just, just kind of like the major leagues, is if you don't have good starting pitching, you're in trouble, and we... We have a really good weekend rotation, guys that have been in it, uh, pitched in big regional games and all that. So I, I thought we had a good chance to be really good. I mean, it's it's clear that you were right about that. You guys are really good. The vibe, like watching that scene on Friday night with the walk-off home run um, and what this team, how you've, I don't know, what you've built and the feeling. Can you put that into words, like the attitude, the swagger, the belief that this program has once upon a time Maryland baseball was non-existent. I know there's been a good stretch for the last decade, but once upon a time it was non-existent. The swagger and the the atmosphere that exists with this teams. Can you put in the words how that has come together? Well, I, trust me, I know. I played here from '99. Yeah, too, yeah, so. you, yeah, you know. Yeah, right. I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you the story that kind of put it in perspective with your question. We we had a, almost a sellout at Penn State um, a couple weeks ago, and a former player that hasn't been back here in 25 years. Um, came up to me and he was in tears. So I think that kind of that kind of puts it into perspective of exactly what you're saying. Uh, we've come a long way from the four scholarships we had in the ACC versus all the juggernauts. You know, when I was here, to what we're trying to build now. And I think the key with that is just just trying to be sustainability and you know get the facility to where you know we're not losing any Maryland kids to the Vanderbilts or Clemson's or schools like that, and just you know really keep this thing going because I, I think in such a uh, a baseball haven around here, whether it's, you know, the Orioles, you know, who I was a diehard fan of growing up, or, yep. you know, the Nats that are there. There's plenty of baseball, in, you know, in February and March, and, and, you know, to bring the kids out and have a really good atmosphere for that. He's Matt Swope. He's with us here on GCR. Coach, with that in mind, what, what is it meant to you to see this as an alum and to be a such a significant part of it? And we're going to talk about how many, you know, I, I, you and I talked about Lamont. Lamont, man, like mm – -hmm. I, I, he worships at your feet. It's crazy to me. But what does it mean um, to you to be a part of this? Yeah, so, you know, I grew up at, you know, I went to DeMatha High School. I grew up in New Carrollton. Both my parents went to Maryland. I got married at the chapel at Maryland. Uh, so so this is this is who I am. You know, this is this is a lifestyle. It's not a job. So, 
to see it come just college park as a whole and the growth and, and the academics and the sports and, and now just especially baseball where, you know, my investment's been, uh, it's just, it's hard to put into words and it's, you know, people that come to work here, come to Maryland, uh, it's, it's hard for them to truly understand <laughs> the depths of, of what we've come from. So, um, it, it's meant the world to me and it, it's why I'm still here. It's, it's why, you know, I, I hope to be here for the rest of my life just to continue to build something special and, um, hopefully win a national championship. Uh, Matt, I talked about, you know, you guys coming up here and playing some games in Baltimore and I, I know you aren't the one that makes the schedule. I understand that, but I'm sure that you're involved in the process or you at least know what the process is all about. Um, playing at UMBC earlier this season, playing at Towson here tomorrow afternoon, what what is the idea of playing games like that? Well, I do do the schedule. So oh, well, look at that. I, mean, I, I take it back. Yeah, I, I just sort of assumed yep. that was Rob's area. So tell me about nah, that. Now, we, you know, we split some, some areas up like that, and I, I had a lot of experience doing it when Chef first came in and helping him. So cool. um, it's just something I've kind of taken on. So, yeah, it's always been important for us to, to make sure that we're scheduling these local games that we're playing uh, just as much as it's good for them. It's good for us, um, guys that we've recruited, guys that they've recruited. Uh, my cousin Chris Fiore played at Towson, you know, so it's it's always been part of kind of if you grew up in the area, whether it's, you know, the Baltimore Leagues or the WCAC, there's always good players in there. And I think it's important that we keep that, those kind of local rivalries and, and, and things like that. So sometimes it doesn't work out like last year. We, we had Big Ten schedule only, so, yep. you know, COVID kind of put a halt on all that. But we always want to make sure that we're we're playing the Towsons, the UMBCs, the, the VCUs, the, the Masons, and uh, Georgetowns and all those, just to keep those local rivalries up. Is it, you know, you mentioned players like that. Max Costas, of course, jumps off the page. I mean, you know, we're selfish mm-hmm. up here, Matt. Like, we yeah. we we care about our own even more deeply. We're, we're excited for the entirety of the program, but when a Baltimore kid's doing well, it means a lot to us. Um, do you get a sense for what it means? And I know it's you guys are just down the road. It's not as if, like, his family and friends can't make it out to every game, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for to be able to play even closer to home do you have a sense for what it means for a kid like that well that's how we're trying to build it i mean even during covid you know max opted out in the fall he had you know he had some asthma stuff so we weren't quite sure you know last fall what you know what the effects were going to be and you know i drove up there i drove up to his house i picked him up in baltimore and we went eight so you know that stuff is special you know what he feels what i feel um it's it's all important and we always have to start with trying to get the best players in state um, you know, his brother played here as well as in AAA with the Astros. That's going to be our number one goal forever. And if we can build that Maryland pride and have that camaraderie with talking about Orioles open a day on Monday yep. um, and all that stuff, it's it's just special. It's just different. So that's always going to be our focal point. You know, it's, it's starting from, from our own state and kind of moving out. It's just, it just means more to me. It just means more. Win at your home state, win here. Uh, the chance to host a regional that's never been done in Maryland. I just, I just dream of, what it would look like in June when there's My no other sport God. in Maryland and you're coming down and everybody's coming down and it could be it could be something that's never been seen before and change the tra- trajectory of the program. So those are the kinds of things I think about with those kids. You guys gonna have enough space for all that, man? Like I keep thinking about sitting out of games yeah. myself over the years and like the yep. idea of hosting a regional is just wait, we had to get some temporary bleachers or something put up. Oh no, they 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 would have to move a lot, but <laughs> hey. If if you have a chance for the first time oh. in the program, you know you know you call that up and you see what you can do. And and honestly, you know when we went to UCLA, UCLA or West Coast baseball is not yep. these huge, you know, facilities like there are in the East Coast or in the Midwest um, or in the South. 
And, you know, they brought in temporary stuff for, for media, and it wasn't this monstrosity of, of type of facility. So it can be done. I, th- I think of the administration, and we work together and break oh, it up. Of and, course. You know, bringing fence down and bringing temporary bleachers in for, for, for a special event like that, I think, I think would be worth it. So that's something we're, we're definitely working on from our end. Matt, your role, not just at Maryland, but working with guys. You know, I referenced Lamont, and, and mm-hmm. it's not just him. It's not just Maryland guys, right? It's just some, some local guys that have sought you out. How did it, how did that come about that that your role expanded from being a, a, an assistant baseball coach at your alma mater to being kind of the hitting coach to the stars? Where did that come from, and 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 how much does it mean to you to see the success specifically of someone like Lamont? Well, I'm hoping that Chris Allen starts the good good. Hey man, good that's a great point, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's he's a guy that you know came in this all season as well, and it's the first time I ever worked with him and. I know he's kind of more of a role player right now, but just guys like that. I, th- I think in this business, just to answer your question, is just relationships. You know, I, I think social media helps with it. And, you know, when I first got on Twitter, you know, with the Maryland-made hitting stuff, it was more for recruiting. I felt like there was a gap in college baseball where there wasn't enough content being showed. There wasn't enough where you could get an inside look on a day-to-day basis as a recruit and kind of see what you're getting yourself into. And, and, and I was I wanted to do that for that reason, and it's it, it kind of took on a different life of its own, more of the hitting Twitter side, and um, kind of got lumped in there, which is fine as well. Um, if we're we're getting players and we're growing content and you know growing the game of baseball, of course, for the better. So it kind of it kind of more shifted towards that, you know, with our guys, our pro guys that were always coming back. That's where it started, and then they start to tell major league teammates or or somebody knows somebody, then all of a sudden, you know, you're kind of getting hit up. So. That's kind of where it started, and you know, whether I'm at Maryland, or, you know, or, or wherever, our, our goal is always to try to just help people live their dreams. So, whether it's a kid that played at Maryland or played somewhere else, that's that's kind of why I do it. Oh, it's cool. It's cool, man. I, you know, I as I said to you before, I don't know how you managed to make Lamont such a clutch. Like, I don't know where that part of it came from. Where the dude just <laughs> had absolute ice in his veins. I mean, I've never seen anything. It was like it's like um, you know Steph Curry or more more like yeah. Robert Ory, really, right? Like, no, when, no, I think some of those, yeah, some of those graphics that came up of what he did will be <laughs> something that's framed and and you know maybe not be repeated of how how no. good he wasn't i give him so much more credit just people don't realize how hard it is to when you're not starting every day and you may right. only get one at bat or two at bats in the way that the giants play situational baseball with a ton of pitch hitting and right left it's 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 even more that impressive <laughs> so insane, so for him it's just the mentality you, you see different types of athletes all the time and he's very laid back he's not going to be a guy that as soon as the game's over is going to go out and and be in the limelight and do all that. He just goes back, you know, keeps to himself, likes to kind of do his thing, and that's that's why he's always been good. I mean, he won that 2015 regional when we beat the number one team in the country yep. at UCLA. I yep. mean, he won it by himself. So he's always had kind of that clutch gene. It's just, it's just you know, been so great to see him, you know, kind of do it at that next level um, and just hoping he can get healthy right now. I talked to him last night. He's He's almost there, so – hoping he can get healthy and, and make the same impact this year for them. Coach, the biggest, you know, <clears throat> I don't want to say difference, but the biggest um, defining point as to what this team is going to be capable of doing, obviously what you've already done, being 26-7, and seven, it's it's incredible. But the difference between that and being a team that can host a regional, that can make a push to Omaha, what is the biggest difference that or the biggest, you know, tipping point that will determine that for this season the rest of the way? 
I think we definitely have the maturity in the group. You have to have the just the guys. You got to have that camaraderie. You got to have that confidence, and we certainly have that. Um, which which is just in those fourteen and fifteen regional teams that had three to four big leaguers. You didn't know it then. They had the same thing. Uh, this this team has that from a, from a personnel standpoint. I think the biggest thing down the stretch, uh, just baseball wise, is is staying healthy um, with the starting pitching and and your and your your starting position players. So if we can stay healthy, um, get through the season. Uh, obviously, you want to play well at that time. But the, but that's been the most impressive part about this group is they've been super consistent. We haven't had a losing week, not one this season yet. And that's hard to do in college baseball, playing as many games. We haven't had one losing week. So they're confident in that and they've been super consistent. And I, and I think that's something that bodes well when you get into high pressure situations, even if you lose a game, the consistency of just being able to bounce right back is clutch. Right, there's no doubt about it. There's no doubt. All right. Well, we're looking forward to seeing you. I'm going to try to wander over tomorrow afternoon right here in uh in my backyard at Towson to see you guys play three o'clock for that game and of course you know there there's plenty of opportunities spend a weekend down in College Park get the Friday night games are electric this past Friday night would have really been a good one for you guys to make it out to but they'll be back home in a couple of weeks to host Northwestern on a Friday night as well the weekend of the 29th if you want to check them out Coach Matt Swope man always great to catch up with you thank you for taking the time look forward to seeing you guys as the season continues all right. It's- Okay, I appreciate you. Thank you. Matt Swope, hitting coach down at the University of Maryland. Appreciate him taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. As um, Matt Torper just messaged me, he said, I'm thinking about going over there. Like, I really am hoping. That's my plan. The plan was for me to take my sons, but I don't think that's going to work out, unfortunately. So I still think I'm going to try to wander over and uh, check that out tomorrow afternoon. And I would encourage you guys. You don't have, you can skip out of work early, something like that. It's one of the best teams in the country. Like legitimately, one of the best teams in the country is playing. And by the way, Towson has been pretty good too. I'm not trying to diminish them or dismiss them or any, ignore them in any way. They're pretty good. It's going to be a fun little Tuesday afternoon to come over and watch baseball. So just be uh, something to think about. A good way to spend a Tuesday afternoon over at uh, Sherholtz Park at uh, Towson University. If you got nothing else to do or you want to skip out, I would uh, encourage you to go check out Maryland and Towson baseball tomorrow afternoon. Whew, still a lot to do on the program today. Um, Stephanie Reddy is going to join us from NBA TV, Coppin State alum. We're going to catch up with her, talk about the first weekend of the NBA playoffs. Obviously a crazy one yesterday between the Nets and the Celtics and Jason Tatum winning it at the buzzer. All that on the way. Today's program also brought to you by the print issue of PressBox. This is your final warning. Final two days. Today, tomorrow, then it's gone to get this print issue celebrating the 20th anniversary of Maryland's men's basketball's national championship in 2002. Then it's gone forever. You can still read it at PressBoxOnline.com, but you can't pick up a physical copy of it. So I would get to your neighborhood Royal Farms or any of those hundreds of locations today or tomorrow to get it. And then it's gone, daddy gone, the love is gone. And I will tell you that on Wednesday, we will have a new print issue of PressBox hitting newsstands. And it will feature on the cover for the first time, uh, we give the cover treatment to Adley Rutschman. So that will be the new print issue of PressBox that will hit newsstands this Wednesday featuring Adley Rutschman on the cover the first time he is on the cover 
at press box. Hopefully, it'll be there when he makes his major league debut. I hope that's the case, that we timed this out perfectly for that to be the case. But we obviously don't know that yet. And I have been a little alarmed by the uh, lack of updates related to Adley Rutschman. But hopefully, there's not much to make of that. Uh, obviously, bummer of news with the... Um, John Means over the weekend, him going to the 60-day DL, but I don't know. It's not all that stunning after the way things were. It it was it was almost weird the lack of concern that appeared to exist the night after you heard what it is that he was dealing with. I was like, hmm, why is it the rest of us seem to be more concerned than they do? And then the answer was they're plenty concerned, and we're not going to see John Means for a while, and that's a bummer. Uh, but yeah, uh, go get this print issue, and then the one with Adley Rutschman hits newsstands on Wednesday. You'll be able to go get that. It's a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Answering Baltimore's calls for help, running in when others run away, working together toward one shared vision for a thriving city. That's your Baltimore police. But the department needs more good people, people like you. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets with Glenn Clark and Paul Valley every Tuesday morning at 1140. Fandle Sportsbook GM Bruce Billick and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and even a few winners. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday at 1140 a.m. Brought to you by the Fanduel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Baseball is back, and so is the spring seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash fried pork belly with our popular Korean number two sauce, and take a bite out of the crunch burger topped with home run sauce, white American cheese, and house made chips. It also features irresistible options like a baseball cut sirloin with blue cheese, grilled shrimp with garlic butter, and a strawberry salmon salad. And then there's the closer, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jack. This menu will be going, going, gone at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com to find out more. Great food, good sports. Baseball is back. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. You can find us live every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon talking all things Orioles and Major League Baseball. Like the debuts of Adley Rutschman and Grayson Rodriguez. And how the rotation and bullpen are rounding into form. Watch us live at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline and Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Or you can listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. That's the bat around live with the latest in baseball coverage every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. And try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. All right, back in here on GCR. Hey, a busy afternoon for Stan the Fan Charles coming up today at 2 o'clock. He and Ross Grimsley are going to catch up with former Orioles pitcher Steve Johnson. And then at 3 o'clock, Stan's going to chat with Tom Kelso, the chairman of the Maryland Stadium Authority. 
both those shows, facebook.com slash Sports, or if you miss them, you'll be able to watch them tomorrow, pressboxonline.com slash video, youtube.com slash pressboxonline. Again, 2 o'clock, Stan and Ross catching up with Steve Johnson, and then at 3, Stan will have a chat with Tom Kelso from the Maryland Stadium Authority. That's on the way this afternoon. All right, from Darren. Darren says, Glenn, as far as what mattered to me, ooh, I like this, what mattered to me from the weekend of Orioles baseball, what mattered to me is that the Orioles did not flap. I know, flap? They didn't. Is that the way to say that? They did not flap? All right, I, I know what you're trying to say. They were unflappable. They did not back down, if you will. Um, I feel like there is at some point a place where you need to prove that you're going to be able to beat teams like this in the future. I'm still not exactly sure when that's going to be, but I like the idea that even with all of their struggles, even as bad as they were with runners in the scoring position, even given all of their issues, they did not melt down in the moment. I know it doesn't have tangible value right now, and I'm not trying to pretend as though they're suddenly going to be good, but I think that at some point things like that will end up mattering. Um, you know, uh, feel that way. Enjoy that. I mean, I, I'm not. I don't want to be a dick. I don't want to. I don't want to be the, the that, that. I don't want to do that. It's fun. The Orioles beat the Yankees. Sure, take whatever you want to take from. Them. I don't care. It doesn't impact my life in any way. I. I I joked that, hang on a second, let me see if I can pull this up. Mm-hmm. Just give me one second. Let me get one second. I need to pull up a, one of my favorite. You know, some people say rock and roll is dead, right? I want to make it very clear. Rock and roll ain't dead. Some people are keeping the spirit of rock and roll alive, and it will never die. You know what I mean? Like, I hate it, in fact, when people say that rock and roll is dead because there are there are still bands that exist, and they deliver rock the, the spirit the essence of rock and roll and one of my favorite rock and roll true rock and roll bands of the era of course none other than one republic this that's rock and roll my friends you got anything you want to say you got anything you want to say over there one hit man you got anything you want to say you look, got anything you want to say? Hey, look. You got anything you want to say, Paul? No. No? I don't. You don't want to say anything at I re- all? I regret nothing. You don't want to say anything at all? You don't think that maybe someone doesn't deserve... Oh, no, he deserves it. What does he deserve? He deserves... Okay, you know what? You know what? He doesn't deserve it. You know what? It. He doesn't you deserve it. You know what? It. Brandon Hyde and Michael Elias deserve it. You're right. It. It's too late to apologize... Yeah! It's too late to apologize. It's too late to apologize, Paul. He's moved on. He's over you. He don't care. Rugnet Odor don't give a rat's ass about your feelings. He's out here getting big hits, baby. You want to pull, pull up what you tweeted right before? You want to pull it up? You want to pull it up? Uh, yeah. You want to pull on. up what y- your tweet y- was? Yeah. Literally seconds before Rugnet Odor delivered what I believe they are calling the shot heard around the world. I believe that is what it is they're describing this particular hit as yesterday. One of the most iconic hits in the history of baseball. 
my tweet uh-huh. was, Odor steps to the plate, and I'm reminded of the definition of insanity. Ah. Carlos Beltran warming in the bullpen. Uh-huh. Then my next tweet. It's too late to apologize. Okay, okay. I can't believe it. Laughing. I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around this one with a Rob, Ron Jeremy. Not Ron Jeremy. Wow. Ron, Ron, Bur- oh, Ron Jeremy, huh? <laughs> Ron Burgundy. What kind of gift you find of that? <laughs> a Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Got a lot of questions. A Ron Burgundy, Jeff. I'm having a hard time wrapping oh, my, my head around this one. Mm. Look, mm. it's it's one It's hit. too late to apologize. And God bless him. Look. I don't care who the but, player is. Well, if, if, if you have a big in, season for the in Orioles, fairness, in fairness, when you keep in mind how many big hits the Orioles have had this season, it's 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 hard to what one is barely enough to register, right? Because there have been so many of them. He had a big hit. He had a big hit. Mm-hmm. He had a big moment, and then he made some nice defensive plays in the top of the ninth. Mm-hmm. He had for coming in off the bench in the eighth inning. He had himself a good game. Mm-hmm. I, he, you could make mm-hmm. the argument he was the player of the game, and he uh, played the man of the match. Paul, he, he was the man. He of was the a match. man of the match um, for the. Inning that he played. He was the man of the match. Man, of, La- to, man of La Mancha? You keep trying to diminish old Rugnet Odor, the no. man of the match. Look, if Rugnet Odor ends up hitting 270 with John from Little Rock says he's on his way to being Orioles MVP this season. John boy, is, aren't, John is, boy, aren't you going to feel stupid? Aren't you going to feel dumb when old Rugi's out there holding his trophy, sharing it, and you're the one? Yeah, yeah. I he, will he's ap- going to turn his back to you. If it's June... And he's hitting two, and he's hitting two seventy, and is a main player on this team. I will apologize. Mm. Apologize. Mm. I don't know if you heard. It's too late to apologize. The great rock and but roll band One Republic said so. I know who Rufnet Odor is at this point in his mm-hmm. career, mm-hmm. and I'm. Con- mm-hmm. I, I, you are not swaying my overall opinion. Mm-hmm. It was a nice hit. Mm-hmm. Look, I don't care who the player is. Too, if you have too, a, if you have too a, late to apologize. If you have a big, I year, wish I knew any of the other words of that song so I could. <laughs> Pulling your rope it. got me ten feet off the ground. Uh, boy, you, boy, you're he- you're heavy in the the <laughs> root net or sorry in the the one republic game. You're all it's in. the first line you know in the other song. songs. It's the first line in the that song. Was okay, fine. I'm, like I'm supposed to remember that. I, I did. Uh, I do believe that I heard Rugnet Odor to tell you to stick it up your yeah. Though I did. A, I think I heard him say that coming off that the Paul Valley. Right. He probably called me Paul Vale because nobody can pronounce yeah, my that's name. Fair. That's fair. Stick it up your yeah. All right. Well, there you go. When is that show, by the way? When is uh, Olymp Biscuit coming up? When May fifteenth. Oh boy, I'm excited. I'm excited. Going to see Shine Down this Wednesday. Oh, that's lovely. My buddy Where Josh. are they playing? They're playing at UMBC. Oh, the same place. Yeah. All right. Well, how about that? It's I, the second straight time I, 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 I've I seen like, them there. I like Shine Down. Um, from uh, still get tickets. Ma- uh, I got a lacrosse game Wednesday. I, I actually, I would, I, I would go to Shine Down. Uh, I'm uh, Matt says I'm pretty unimpressed by the Yankees this year. Still super fun for the Orioles to beat them down. Yeah, I mean I'm not very impressed, but they've only scored like 30 runs on the year. They've whatever the number is, maybe it's not 30. They haven't scored that 20, it's something like good. that. It's they have not. Their offense is stunk. Yesterday was the most runs they scored in the game. Before that, they scored four runs once. Wait, what? So the Orioles had scored. Are you I'm talking so, about? Are you talking about the Yankees? Yankees. Oh, I thought Yankees you were talking about the Orioles. Not scored many runs. And so like, they, they didn't score bad. any. Yeah, so what scored, are you talking they, about? They, I thought you were talking about the Orioles. The Yankees have not scored many runs all season long. I don't know what the number is off the top of my head. Uh, hang on a second. Let me see if I can come up with the total number of runs the Yankees have scored. No, I can't. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry. I got nothing for you. I got nothing for you. Um, but it's not much. I saw it floating around yesterday. That the Yankees have just struggled to score runs this season. I, I think they're going to end up being fine. 
I mean, I, I don't think that this is just an early sign that they stink. I think they're going to end up being fine. Their pitching's pretty good. The Nestor Cortez story is really quite crazy. I mean, there was just nothing there when the Orioles sniffed around on him as a Rule 5 pick. But, you know, there's probably a grin that you're seeing somewhere where somebody's thinking to himself, yeah, we we saw, we we knew what he was capable of. There's a reason why we tried it, and it didn't work. You know, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know how good he's going to be long term. I mean, I don't know how if this is just going to be the story of Nestor Cortez for the next decade. But it's a wild story. I mean, it's it's crazy to me that the guy that, and part of the problem being he was so he was not someone that was ready to be at this level, which is eternally the issue with the Rule Five draft is that you have to give a roster spot to someone who's not over, oh, almost always not ready for it. But you were spot on. The Yankees have scored exactly thirty runs. Thirty this year. runs is the number. Thirty runs, and I, like it's and they played a couple of extra inning games, including the one on Friday night. So it's like it's not, it's thirty runs over even a couple more innings than you would have otherwise thought. And they, to not come put, they had two innings to try to push a run across the runner on second base on Friday night, and they couldn't do it. They're a beer league softball team. It's all or nothing, really. It's it's you hit the long ball, but we we it's, put a wall out there in left field. So no, and as the weather warms up, more of those yeah, are going to go out. Yeah. That's then their stadium is conducive to that as well. So Aaron Hicks shot to lead off the game yesterday. I'm convinced would have been gone without the wind. He smoked that ball. Probably the case. Probably the case. No doubt. All right, the NBA playoffs got underway this weekend, and that's a good excuse for us to bring back in one of our favorites. She, of course, is a Coppin State alum. You see her on NBA TV. She is our friend, Stephanie Reddy, and she's back with us now here on GCR. Stephanie, it's Glenn and Paul. It's always good to catch up with you. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Good morning, gentlemen. It's good to chat with you, Stephanie, and I feel like you and I had this conversation a year ago around this time, but... It isn't the cool feeling about the start of these playoffs, the fact that, like, this doesn't, again, it's another year where it doesn't just feel like someone's coronation. It feels like there's an actual tournament to be played and a bunch of teams that have chances. And, you know, this could be really – I know there were some blowouts over the weekend, but, like, this could be a really compelling couple of months of basketball and, like, unexpected scenarios could end up playing out. Absolutely. I mean, this is, it's the best time of year, obviously, if you're an NBA fan, because you like to see good, high quality basketball. And that's what the playoffs is all about, because it's, you have to win to advance. This season in particular, it's, it is the epitome of seeing parody. I mean, yes, there are some teams that obviously are better. You take the Phoenix Suns. They've dominated the entire regular season. So we expect them to make it to the finals. But when you look in both the East and the West, I mean, there's a handful of teams on both sides that you would not be shocked if they made it to the finals. And I think that's what makes this year so much fun. I, like, I can't eliminate Golden State, especially the way that Jordan Poole is playing. Like, if, yeah. if Steph Curry and Jordan Poole are both playing like this, and Stephanie, I, as a reminder, I'm a massive Phoenix Suns fan from the couple of years that I spent out there in the mid-2000s around the, uh, the Nash, Stoudemire, Marion teams. Like, I am not eliminating them or ruling them out because, my God, what do you do if both of those dudes are red hot? Oh, and by the way, they still have Draymond, and they still have Clay. Like, holy right. crap. Yeah, How do I you mean, stop that? 
you can't you can't stop them if they're hot. Um, and the advantage that the Warriors have, and there's been a lot talked about this season, how they haven't had all of their starters playing in X number of games together. And yes, that is valid. But we have to remember the core of that team, now that Clay is back and Draymond is back, mm-hmm. they won championships together. They mm-hmm. know each other. They know how to win. So now you're you're throwing in these other players like Poole and Wiggins who are new to this mix trying to win a championship. And they had an entire season of figuring things out. And we have to also give Coach Kerr a lot of credit. I mean, they know what they're doing. So, yes, they are the third seed. But, again, like I said, I wouldn't be shocked if they came out of the West. I think Phoenix is a favorite for sure. Um, and we're all hoping that it ends up being, you know, Phoenix and Golden State in the Western Conference uh, Finals yep. to watch. Yep. Um, but Memphis is a team that you can't sleep on. I don't care what they look like. <laughs> yeah, they, they didn't look great. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> they are a good team, and they are young. They've got that great bounce-back quality. They've got that, that swagger where they're unafraid, and I think that is an intangible that is very dangerous in the playoffs. Um, it's it's going to be a good one. I I am very excited about this season. Stephanie this Stephanie Reddy is with us from Turner Sports. She's with us here on GCR. Stephanie, um, in obviously the big storyline of this weekend was what happened in Boston yesterday, and I, like. I, I don't know. It's good for basketball. It's it's that pro wrestling way. Like it's exciting. There's a villain. There's a, I, and I don't even know. Maybe people outside of Boston are like, we don't think Kyrie's a villain. Although I think a, a lot of people do, given some of the things that he's done and said over the years. Um, is he the per? And and I hope you understand. I'm not trying to use this as like a a true pejorative, but he's is he the type that's just kind of quirky or strange or uh, enough of the right kind of a weirdo that like this is exactly what's right for him is this atmosphere and this energy and and pushing back on the crowd that like this could truly continue to bring the best out of him over the course of this series well you know i was there at that game last night because i'm actually covering the series for tnt so i'll be at all of these games um and i will say I've been at a lot of NBA games, and I've been to a lot of playoffs, finals, you know, the highest level of NBA basketball. Yesterday's level of noise (laughs) had my ears ringing. Like, it was exceptionally loud in there. Um, When you talk to high-level athletes, that drives them, whether it's good or bad, right? When it's your home crowd cheering for you, it motivates you. It pushes you. But also, when it's the away crowd that's booing you, you often hear players talk about, they're not sure, because I've asked this question of a lot of the greats, which one do you enjoy more? Knocking down the shot that makes the crowd erupt or knocking down the shot that makes the crowd get quiet? They have a hard time deciding which one's more fun. Sure, (laughs) sure. So... To your point, I think that, yes, the booze and the the loud yelling and the heckling, it could very well work against the Boston crowd and motivate Kyrie Irving. He thrives on that, as most high-level athletes do. Um, It was fun to watch last night, I will say that. I think that we are in for quite a series. I think that all of these games could go down to the last possession. Um, I think that you've got some – with. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, those two on the Brooklyn side. And then you have 
Tatum and Brown, and I'm going to throw Smart in there too because he makes such great game decisions. It was brilliant at the um, end of the game. I mean, that was brilliant. I mean, exactly. He did everything for them um, when it was needed. And I think that's the key. You know, um, he knows what's required. I think that it's anybody's series. I've been asked a million times who I pick for Boston and Brooklyn. I cannot give you an answer. And that's honest. Like, I, I really don't know how this series is going to turn out. I know it's going to be a lot of fun to watch, and I'm thrilled that I was assigned it. The Nets came into this, and I know it's gone down a little bit because they lost game one, but the Nets came into this as, like, the second favorite in the conference um, from from the folks out in Vegas. And the idea, I get it, is that if they had had Kyrie for the entirety of the season, they probably wouldn't have been the seven seed in the Eastern Conference. But but did they de- did they deserve that much respect just because of who the players are, or does it still matter that they haven't been able to be that consistent throughout the course of the season? Yeah, I think both of those are true. You know, I think that when you're looking at it on paper, which obviously is the fun of sports, is that you don't play the game on paper, yep. right? You, any game, anyone can win. But when you look at Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, I mean, they are two of the best players in the entire world. You're not just talking about, oh, they're all-stars, oh, these are great, you know, they've got good skills. Like, these are two players that alone can singularly take over a game. So when you have two of those on your team, it has to factor in in terms of if you think you have a higher chance of winning or losing that ball game. I do think, though, that there is something to be said about not playing a lot of games together and not necessarily – the meshing and the bonding part, but it's the consistency of the actions, right? It's on the offensive end, not just who's going to get the ball, but how they're going to get the ball, who moves well without the ball, who likes the ball where on the defensive side, who is going to be the best one-on-one defender? Who's going to rotate the best? How are you going to help each other on defense? Is the talking there consistently can you do all of those things at a high level on a consistent basis and not just be the team that thinks they can flip a switch? Because that's when it gets dangerous in the playoffs. So I think that both of those things factor into when you're evaluating whether Brooklyn can advance, which is why it makes it so scary if you're trying to make a prediction. Yep. Because you don't know what's going to happen. That's a great point. It's a really good point. Uh, Stephanie Reddy, just another couple minutes here on GCR talking about the NBA playoffs. Stephanie, as I mentioned earlier, I'm this massive Phoenix Suns fan, and so I still have nightmares of Giannis just overwhelming and taking over and being an, an incredibly dominant force. And I know they didn't look so good yesterday, but is there any reason for me to not have this same fear that at some point there's just no force in this league currently, You know, especially with LeBron James out of the playoffs and, and, and not being a part of this factor, but, you know, nobody can just sort of say, okay, it's me now, it's my time, quite like the way that Giannis can because of his physicality. And, you know, as we've seen, more and more ability to hit jump shots too over the course of the year. (laughs) Um, Like, is there? am I right to fear that at some point it just might continue to be the Giannis story, that this league is kind of his at the moment? Yeah. You are right to fear that. I mean, that is a real possibility. I mean, and, and as I mentioned earlier, there there's a legitimate handful of teams that you wouldn't be surprised if they made it to the finals and coming out of the East, all four of those top four seeds, yeah. Miami, Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, no shock, and then, of course, Brooklyn, who's right. the seventh seed. Right. You, have, you have five teams.
teams that could come out of the East and nobody would raise an eyebrow, right? Um, so, yes, I think you're right to fear that if you're a Phoenix Suns fan. But I think you also have to have a lot of pride and hopefulness in your Suns team because they are the dominant team this year. You know, some people think that the regular season doesn't matter. I am not one of those people. I think that the regular season is where you make your bones. It's where you show what you can do through adversity, through injuries, through health and safety protocols, which is something that we've been doing the last two seasons, mm-hmm. right? When you have players out unexpectedly, what do you do? And the Phoenix Suns have shown that they can, t- can continue to not just play well, but to win games under those circumstances. And I think a lot of credit has to go to Gene Jones and Monty Williams because it starts at the top. They had this, this vision, this plan that they wanted, this culture that they wanted to implement, and they have done that. So I think you should be hopeful. I think that you should be thinking that your Phoenix Suns can make it to the finals and can win the entire thing this season. I, I bring it up because I hope that they're not going to have to rely on Chris Paul to do what he did last night throughout the course of these playoffs because, you know, they just seemed a little off in the second half of that game, and I can't imagine it's going to be like that every night, and Devin Booker's going to have his games. But I ask, remembering what happened a year ago and remembering that by the time we got to the finals, given COVID, given injuries, Chris Paul was not the same guy in those finals. And it's, it is astonishing watching. There, there aren't enough things, that I, superlatives that I can use to describe the insanity of what Chris Paul has been doing these last two seasons, this age. But can, if, if necessary, if it's required that he needs to be that Mariana Rivera, that needs to be that closer for them, can he hold up all the way into late June to do that for this team at this point in his career? I think he can. I think last night was an anomaly in terms of what will be required of Chris Paul. Um, And he knows that, you know, I think because he is a veteran and because he understands how the playoff works, he knew that he had to take the wheel, if you will. Um, I don't think that's going to be required of him. I think that in the first game, especially a team that has been in the first place, you know, most of the season, the first game is different with the new play-in format because they have such a long break. So you often hear rust versus rest. Is it beneficial, et cetera, et cetera. I think that the rust factor always comes into play because in the NBA, you're used to playing games so frequently. Mm-hmm. So I think that was required. I don't think that's going to have to happen for them to win games moving forward. I think they just had to kind of Get a jump start. You know, he was the jumper cable last night. I think they're good to go now. I like that. The jumper cable. I like that. I hope, <laughs> I, I, I pray to God you're right about that, Stephanie, as I have been a suffering Phoenix Suns fan. And, of course, I live on an island because nobody else in this state cares. Everybody's like, all right, dude. <laughs> that's the way it goes all right stephanie uh hey how about the job that laura harper's been doing by the way i, I know it was a disappointing uh, kind of close yeah. the season this year but uh how about a shout out for for what she's done there at your alma mater yeah thanks for bringing that up for Coppin state university uh the women's basketball program they are on the move in the right direction um you said it correctly it was disappointing at the end um in terms of you know going into the conference tournament for the championship But that happens, right? I mean, even the best programs, they don't win it every year. You can't expect that. But what you want to see is exactly what Laura Harper's doing. She's building it up, right? The recruits are coming in. She's getting high-level athletes to commit to Coppin State University. Um, You can see that they're trending in the right direction. 
she's building. So I've got high hopes for Coppin State's women's basketball for next season. I'm really excited about her. I'm glad you brought that up. I think there's no doubt. By the way, also big news over the weekend, uh, Juan landed a transfer from Penn State named Sam Sessoms, and that's not... The 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 Penn's the Big Ten to Miak pipeline is not something you see all the time. So it's it a is not. pretty big You're deal right. for them. You're right. Pretty You're big right. deal. Congratulations to him, to to Ron Dixon for getting that player. I'll tell you what though, the transfer portal is changing the oh, no question. of division one athletes. No question. And I love it. And mostly because I'm not coaching in it. <laughs> right. Yeah, it would be a much bigger problem if you were like, every year you got to recruit your own players back. Stephanie. Yeah, it's rough. But it holds the coaches accountable. And I think, you know, you see things like when when schools fire coaches and the players don't agree and they all leave, hey, maybe you should take another look at what you're doing at that school. That's a very you know? good point. I, I like that because it yep. gives the athletes a voice and, and it makes not just the coaches, but the administrators, it holds them accountable. Uh, I'm I am with you. I know that people are frustrated by it, but th- this is the you know. There's never going to be a time where I want less rights for athletes. Like I'm exactly. never. I yes, it's made at some places coaching more difficult. Well, you get paid very handsomely at a lot of those places. Like yeah. you get paid quite well. The job might be a bit more difficult. That's okay. That that's that's all right. It's a tough job, and if if you don't want it, I'm. I got to imagine, Stephanie. There's probably somebody else that's that's willing to sign up and take a chance on a difficult job. Oh, um, there's a long line of people. Yeah. So I I don't I don't <laughs> the idea of like there's unintended consequences. Okay, that's fine. At the end of the day, are the athletes getting uh, what they deserve? Okay, then I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm right. The idea that that's a problem or that we should alter it or change it? No, no. That just means you got to you got to do a better job. That's it. The end that's of the day. Right. That's the way it goes. That's exactly right. Get them there and keep them there, right? hundred percent. And, and forget about it. And look, so, will there always will there always be a player that just will decide to, to to leave just because they didn't like one thing? Yeah, that'll happen. I mean, that'll happen. And my guess is, if that's the case, it might not be a player that you wanted in your program anyway. I was gonna say from I remember the times when I was coaching. Those are the players that you're not so sad to see leave. Right? You know, you have them at all levels where you're just like, you know what? Locker room's a lot better now that you're gone. Yeah. (laughs) If 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 getting benched one time is what leads you to 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 leave a school, then you know that probably wasn't a player that was going to be able to help you all that much. Right. Exactly. You know, I saw uh, Asia Wilson of the of Las Vegas Aces. Yep. Played for Don Staley at South Carolina. She said something on social media. She was like, you know. I wanted to leave my freshman year, too. You know, it's hard. Yeah. When you're transitioning from any level to the next level, it's hard. Whether it's high school to college, college to the pros. There is a transition period, and it's not going to be easy. But if you stick with it, and you're true to yourself, and you're working hard, and your coach loves you, then stick it out and see what happens. You know, don't just, as you said, if you got benched one game, say, I'm out of here. Right. You know, Diana Taurasi didn't start all her games as a freshman at Connecticut. You know, like, let's just be real here. It's life. It's a great point. Deal with it and move on. So it's not for everybody, though. Competition brings out the best and the worst. Oh, oh, I'm afraid to think. Now I don't have to worry about this because I wasn't a high level athlete, Stephanie. But if I if I was, I'm afraid to think about what I would have been as an 18 year old and a 19 year old. I might have been. They are still children. Yeah, I might have been the guy that you would have been okay with leaving when you were at Coppin State. (laughs) I might have been the guy that when you were coaching, that you would have said, "Yeah, it's all right. If you want to look elsewhere, go right ahead." Ed, see what the opportunities are. <laughs> Stephanie, I know you said uh, TNT for the, the Nets Celtics. What else can we plug for you as far as this week and, and, and what's coming up and where people are going to be seeing you? 
Uh, well, that's it for me for now. Um, okay. When the playoffs start, we're pretty singular um, once we hit on the road. That's the thing I love about Turner Sports is that um, in the reporter role, they assign you a series. So I will stick with Boston, Brooklyn cool. for this entire first round, and I will be on television for the games that we cover, yep. whether it's TNT or NBA TV. And then sometimes you might see me filing a report, like if it's an off night for our television coverage, I still might do something from practice or I sit down with a player. Um, but all those are, you know, fluid, as you say. You no don't doubt. know what's going to happen moving forward. So, um, And then I'll be working the second round, too, but obviously we don't know what that assignment is yet. Um, but I will be around for sure, so I'm excited. At Stephanie Reddy is how you follow her. Stephanie, always appreciate our conversations. Look forward to doing it again as the playoffs go on. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. Hey, thanks for having me on. I saw, are you having on the Maryland baseball coach, or you, did you well, already we, have him on? We had him on earlier in the show. We, we had, it, had him on earlier. Yeah. Darn. Why? Why? Okay. No, I just wanted to extend some congratulations because they're back oh, in the top They're kicking ass. I know. I listen. I was at the games at the game at James Madison. I took my son and my daughter oh, to a, cool. a road trip to JMU because Duke softball was playing and Maryland baseball was playing back to back days. So we were at the Maryland JMU game and it was awesome. Oh, that's we won cool. in the last inning. It was so much fun. So I just wanted to say congrats for getting back in the top twenty five. Very cool. That's awesome. Stephanie, thank you. It's great to chat with you. All right, you guys have a great day. Stephanie Reddy checking in with us. As uh, she's covering the uh, Celtics net series for TNT, and of course, uh, we won't do it. You know, we we don't do a ton of NBA coverage, but as I've always said, once we get into the playoffs, people start to care. It's just the nature of the beast, and so we'll do a few of those as the playoffs go on. I, of course, selfishly care a lot more, but I understand it's just me. I am living on an island. I am the only person, so I will not subject you to that every moment of every day. But let me tell you more about the Suns game from last night. Chris Paul's unreal, man. He is un real like it's i don't know how to describe it i it's it's absolutely absurd that someone at that age um and i know that's that's dealt with like the people that want to hate on him over the years from some of the other stuff that he does getting under people's skin my god at 36 years 36 years old be playing arguably the best basketball he's ever played when he's had a hall of fame career it's nuts it's badass nuts man all right, today's show also brought to you by, ooh, this one's brought to you by Underdog Fantasy Football. If you're not playing Underdog, I don't know what you're doing. We got free money for you. Sign up, underdog.com, or download the Underdog Fantasy Football app. You say underdog.com, it's underdogfantasy.com. Mm-hmm. What am I doing? What the hell's going on here? Living to win. I got. I didn't get a lot of sleep this weekend. I was, um, you know what really happened? I had to power through both finishing the book and the uh, We Own the City series. So I've, I have. I've read the book. read it from literally Wednesday to Friday. I read the entirety of the book. Or Tuesday to Friday, really. The entirety of the book, which is damn near 300 pages. And then um, from on Saturday and Sunday, I powered through all six episodes. So I've watched it all. It's You're going to... And I say enjoy it. Enjoy it's the wrong word because it's harrowing. And I'm going to have a lot that I want to talk about, but I don't want to talk about it before you guys have had the opportunity to watch it. We're going to do some, uh, we're going to have some guests on and we're going to talk about it, but I don't want to talk too much about it before you guys get the opportunity to watch it. I appreciate the fact that HBO sent us over the screener so that we could watch it before it starts airing. And, you know, if you've read the book, you know, I mean, you know, the the show ain't, it's, it's the book. I mean, it's the same stuff, but it's, 
the su- the subplot or the subtext of the book to me was the question of how corruptible you are as a person. That to me was the subtext. The text is about corrupt cops. The subtext, well, the, the second subtext is within the city, right? Within the structure of this city. But then the, the additional subtext to me, what the, the questions that Justin Fenton was not asking, he was telling a story, he was reporting, but what it felt like he was simultaneously doing was forcing you to stare yourself in the mirror and figure out just how corruptible you are. In what situations would you be in that you might do things you shouldn't do? It's easy to say you... No, I wouldn't. I mean, it's obviously... Wayne Jenkins was evil. And he wasn't the only one. But how corruptible are you if presented the opportunity? And that's what makes it a difficult read and a difficult watch is it challenges you it forces you without a word just because of the way that the story unfolds you're forced to think about that it's it's difficult but it's a brilliant show so i lost sleep this weekend because i wanted to power through all of it because i think we're going to try to start putting guests on pretty soon and um ramping up some coverage of that as it starts next monday next monday night is when the first episode airs so i didn't get a lot of sleep this weekend and I can't blame my kids, which I love to do, but it's really not their – it's slightly their fault because on Easter – or what? No, it was this morning. Twice this weekend, the kids came in and started screaming at like 6 in the morning mm. because they're not at school right now. They're off. So when they're off, everybody's on vacation, right? Like they don't, they don't have to worry about anything. So they're coming in, party time, the whole thing. So I, it, not a great weekend. Not a great weekend sleep-wise. Try it one more time. Underdog Fantasy Football. Underdogfantasy.com is the website, or download the Underdog app. Make your deposit up to $100. If it's your first deposit and you use the code PRESSBOX, we'll match it with up to $100 of free money for you to play with. And they've got great baseball contests. Now the NBA is in the postseason. They've got postseason NBA contests. they got hockey. they got all that stuff for you. Daily, weekly, the traditional fantasy games. Plus, you can feel like you're betting with player props, parlays, things along those lines. You can't do those things yet legally on your phone or on the computer in the state of Maryland, but you can play underdog fantasy football. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app today. We come back in. Jeremy Kahn joins us, as he does every Monday here on GCR. That's next, Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit MD Gambling help.org. 
The newest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, we celebrate the 20th anniversary of Maryland men's basketball's 2002 NCAA Tournament Championship. As Gary Williams reflects on how the program rose from the ashes of NCAA sanctions to the pinnacle of the sport, and why his perspective of the title run has changed now two decades later. Plus, Juan Dixon, Lonnie Baxter, and the rest of the team relive the moments that ultimately led them to cutting down the nets in Atlanta. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Answering Baltimore's calls for help, running in when others run away, working together toward one shared vision for a thriving city. That's your Baltimore police. But the department needs more good people, people like you. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point. Boulevard. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. Back in here on GCR, we continue on a Monday edition of the program. Um, I Apparently, so yes, I guess there technically was an update from Mike Elias I, during a Masson broadcast last week where he said that Rutschman's rehab was going very smoothly and that his return to game action will be very soon. I I did see that, but that's not like a specific update. This is from Chris. It's not a specific update. That doesn't say like, hey, he's going to start baseball activity next week or something like that. That's what I when I say an update, that's what I'm talking about. Remember, when this was originally announced in March, it was supposed to be two to three weeks. We're at like four to five weeks now. Five and a half. I think we have the right to say that. That's uh, that's weird. That doesn't that doesn't seem ideal. You know, like was there a setback? What was the timetable? Just run, just something, anything that would provide some sort of clarity would be nice. Not not trying to be. You know, overwhelmed. I'm not trying to make it seem like it's the biggest deal in the world, but it's just, I think, worth noting. That's all. I think we need to note 
that there has not been a defined update about Adley Rutschman, despite the fact that we're now weeks past the original timetable for him. And again, to say it's going very smoothly, well, I don't think it is, because if it was going very smoothly, then I would have thought that he would have returned within the timetable that there was. There's got to be something more to the story. What that is, I'm not trying to say it's dramatic. It might be very well be that Adley Rutschman could play tomorrow. I don't know. I just feel like when someone goes weeks beyond their original timetable, maybe an explanation would be good. That's all. That's all. I'm not trying to be over dramatic about it. I'm not trying to say that uh, the world is on fire, be a conspiracy theorist, or anything along those lines. It would just be nice to get a more defined update when the timeline is off from reality. That's all. FanDuel Sportsbook will be there for the first round of the NFL Draft. See you on Thursday, April 28th. Myself, the NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard, come hang out with us. Bet on every pick during the course of the draft. It's going to be a fun night for live betting, trying to make some money. Come hang out with us. We'll have great giveaways for you as well in the FanDuel Sportsbook Thursday, April 28th. He's our buddy Jeremy Kahn from speaking at 105.7 The Fan and Rita. That's where she and I will be on Sunday. He's with you every morning on the Big Bad Morning Show, and he's with us now here on GCR. What's up, pal? How are you? What's up, man? I was just wondering if if Rita hasn't patented the NFL chick, can I do it and then become the NFL chick myself? Oh, you want to be the you want to take the trademark is what you're saying. Yeah, I got a funny feeling that the NFL would not allow for there to be a trademark for the, NFL, the NFL chick. chick. I don't no. think that would be something that would be possible. <laughs> but I think that you would be. I want you to know. I think you'd be a, a wonderful NFL chick, my friend. Thank you. That's, That's all I needed to hear. That's what I want. Hey, uh, I got a couple things for you. One, um, mm-hmm. I. I so I was just talking in our last segment. I was, I was, it was very nice of them. HBO sent over a screener. I have now watched this weekend the the new show, the the We Own This City, the Justin Fenton book. Oh. Um, you, of course, in this business, we get these types of opportunities to do things or see things or whatever before other people do. Where are you on the line of like bashing people over the head with that versus like, no, you don't want to be a jerk about it. Don't talk about it at all. Pretend like you didn't. You didn't get that opportunity. Um, no, I mean, I think it's okay to talk about it without revealing anything. I don't want to be one of those guys who gives away the ending. Well, yes, obvi- um, obviously not. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, hey, but this is a little bit different because it's cool. one, both a book and literally a factual recounting of events that happened. Yeah, <laughs> so but, it's a bit know, different. Like, there, there's still going to be people that yes, didn't read course. that book. Of or, course, you know, of course. Yeah, but uh, no, I think it's fine to talk about it. Like, I mean, we get there are certain opportunities you're going to get, uh, whether it's a a concert or, you know, we get a chance to see things early. I, I remember one of my favorite things about having this job was getting the, the movie passes to see a movie before it's actually come out. Yep. Uh, oh, I love that. Screeners. Oh, I love that. That, uh, yeah. that was, that was the jam or, or like meeting some, but I feel like there's a fine line. I feel like you can do it in an entertaining way where you're like, <clears throat> not sure if you know, but I was hanging out backstage at whatever <laughs> last night. Like, I feel yeah. like you can do it in an entertaining way, but it's a fine line to where you come off as a douchebag when you talk about it, right? Like, and I don't know exactly where that line is. I, I don't know how cool my story is that I almost smoked weed with Dynamite Hack, but I know how cool I my, mean, my, that, that, my story was that I almost smoked weed with Cypress Hill, but I, don't, I didn't smoke back then, so oh, or, I still don't smoke. But oh, that being said, yeah, and I missed out on that opportunity, well, which is very frustrating. Well, I can tell you that one of us didn't miss out on that opportunity. <laughs> the uh, 2006 HF Festival, my friend, was a yeah. Good weekend. We didn't know each other boy. back then, I don't we, think, we, as, as well. And, and I was at that one, too. And that's where, you know, my party, uh, like, 
it was kind of cool. Like Matt Pinfield and the rest of those yeah. guys were there was hanging out and um, had that opportunity and didn't take it, which Oof, I'm still mad that at. Is a, that is a mistake. I, uh, I did not pass up on that opportunity. In fact, I nearly got fired over it. <laughs> Something, but by the way, wasn't the worst activity somebody on staff did with uh, one of the members of Cypress Hill that weekend? And whoo boy, right. yeah, there was there are some stories from that weekend. <laughs> there no, but some I, look, you're just going back to the original point. I think yeah. it's perfectly fine to talk about that stuff. I mean, it's it's something that comes along with the job. There's those ebbs and flows. Like I literally, I was on a bachelor party where I had some guy question. Uh, like what our work ethic was with the fact that I work six to 10 every day, yeah. you know, Monday to Friday. Right. And to which, you know, part of me wants to reach across the table and strangle the guy, but right. knowing the situation, it wasn't something I should do. Um, but I'm like, if you think my job is 20 hours a week, then, then you're insane. So <laughs> I may get to do some more fun things than what most people do, but there's a lot more work that goes into it. There's no doubt. There's no doubt that any of that is true. Um, speaking of which, uh, we just talked about the NBA playoffs. I want to get your thoughts on betting the playoffs. And generically, like I, I, I'd say during the course, the difficult thing about the regular season to me is that you just never know what night somebody doesn't care. Right, mm-hmm. like, and I say the same thing about the baseball regular. It's tough for me to bet the baseball regular season because you can look at the pitching matchup, and but you just don't know what night somebody says, "Ah, hell, there's another game tomorrow night." You know, like, I and that's the difficult thing for me about betting them. But you don't see that quite as much once you get to the playoffs. How do you handle well, betting the NBA playoffs? So I, I think you need to, you know, let things kind of set themselves because. The totals are all inflated, in my opinion. And even the ones that have gone over the total, those numbers seemed inflated. The, the weird thing is, too, when you look at, like, just take, for example, tonight's matchup with the Raptors and the, Philly, uh, and, and the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, you know, they scored a combined 240-some points, and the total tonight is 217.5. And, and that was, it was 217.5 or around that number before Scotty Barnes, um, Gary Trent Jr., and most likely, even though he's shooting with a, uh, basically yeah. um, something wrapping his thumb and his wrist uh, on, on his shooting hand, Thad Young, who he's doubtful. All of those guys are doubtful and more than likely not going to play. But the weird, the weird impact that that has on a game is, you know, the Raptors have been doing it all year long where their starters play 38 to 42 minutes almost every single night. So now you're losing that production and somebody's got to replace it. That's a difficult thing to do. But I just think people overvalue a lot of the favorites and they overvalue the totals thinking, Hey, it was really high scoring during the regular season. So this should be a shootout. I got burned on it on the nuggets game on Saturday night where I had the under and I actually, I ended up falling asleep as, as late as that game went off, but I felt like I was in good shape midway through the third quarter, even though that was a higher scoring quarter, they scored 70 points in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, you're going to have some oddities and some things that go awry, but for the most part, I, I just think you need to pay attention to the ebbs and flows of the series and what happened last game does not in- you know, necessarily mean that's going to happen in the next game. Because I think people go, oh, my God, they lost by 10. They're going to lose by 10 again. It's not the case. All right, so I bet the series spread both on the Hawks and on the Raptors. Uh, I, I, yeah. Yeah. Now, well, there, there's tremendous value in that, but it, the fact that Atlanta looked like they were right. walking through game one doesn't make you feel good, although I still think the Heat win that series, but I don't think they play as bad as they played in game one. The Raptors, I, I would have been listening to you in that series because I thought they were a live dog. I did too. Um, but when you lose two starters, and again, yep. that's almost 70-some minutes that you're going to lose, and now other guys have to replace. Now, I think Boucher can slide in there, and they could play a little bit bigger, but it's still a, car- a scary proposition going up against that team 
uh, with the, I mean, Maxi and Tobias Harris are the ones that lead him in scoring, not Embiid and Harden, and that's got to scare you coming into tonight's game. I, I somehow managed to convince myself that Tybal not playing in Toronto was a really big deal. I'm like, man, that's really going to, that's really going to change. Like, what an idiot I am. <laughs> but you know what's funny? It's like, I do think that's a big deal, except for the fact that it's Toronto. Right. Um, if they were playing the Nets and he couldn't play, I think it's huge. But, I mean, what's he playing right now when, with the minutes expanded for the starters and he's not starting as it stands, they're going with Danny Green. Um, I think that's it's a big ask uh, against any other team. But, you know, against the Nets, you might want him chasing KD around as much as he can play. But right now you're, you're basically affecting, what, 12 to 14 minutes of game time unless he gets a little bit more. Yep. So, yeah. I'm a dope is the answer. I'm an absolute dope when it comes to biting on that. I'm like, man, the Raptors won three out of four against the Sixers this season. I'm a dope. Well, how about I'm the a... other things, too? Luka being out for, for the Mavericks pretty much ends their series. Yep. Although I was saying to somebody else, I said, if you wanted a bet, if you hear he's coming back for game three – and you're guessing that that calf is as close to 100% as it's going to get, which I don't think it would be, might be interesting to throw a little $20, $25 down on the Mavs to come back in that series because Luka is that much of a difference maker. But with, even with me saying that, I'm probably not going to do it. And the other thing that really hurts is the fact that Jamal Murray's not giving it a go for the Nuggets. Um, from what I heard, he was technically cleared physically to play. Um, but somebody was talking to me. I think his injury actually occurred in Golden State. I think this might be a bit of a mental hurdle for him. So uh, one of those weird, weird things where if he's added to the roster and he can give it any sort of a go, 20, 25 minutes, that's a huge bonus to a team that has a really depleted bench. How much S do you talk to Yankees fans in your life when the Orioles win a series against them, knowing that, you know, they're still the Yankees and these are still the Orioles. Yeah, that's that's fun because when they're when they sit there and come back at you with all the championships that they never watched their team win, but like to bring up all the time, uh, when we go back to uh, you know, the twenties, thirties, forties, whatever <laughs> and they start labeling all the, the great teams that they've had, but it's like you guys are supposed to kick our ass. We stink and we we beat you in a series or we swept you if you ever get that opportunity. But I, I love it. I love I love poking the bear a little bit and getting under their skin. I am it's a weird spot for me because like I I again, I, I know that the Orioles stink and so like the likelihood is the Yankees, although oddly the Orioles have actually, you know, played fairly level with the Yankees going back to twenty twenty. Um but the more likely scenario is they're gonna get their butts kicked. So I feel like it's one of those things where like it, it just can't hurt. Like there's no the Yankees win a game against the Orioles, they can't talk any sort of S because like this is only one-sided. You're supposed to win all of the games. If the Orioles win one, turn around and run your mouth and have fun because it's literally you've already you've you've already covered the spread essentially at that point. Absolutely, that's what you, you, know, you just give it back to them. I was watching the video of the fight that happened over the weekend, and then I saw the ex- the extended video of Oriole fans and Yankee fans getting into it. And when you see the extended video, it does look like the Yankee fans started it all. Just like we all thought it was. Yeah, right. Imagine, imagine those those guys being giant pieces of garbage. It's very unlike them. <laughs> very unlike them. They're normally such swell fellers. Yeah, normal. that's the oddball of the bunch. The yeah, guy right. that runs his mouth. Really weird. Uh, Jeremy Kahn is with us. One oh five seven. The fan. It, are you in agreement that um, you're not a particularly religious man, right? Mm, I would say not at all. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Easter's the worst of the holidays, right? Well, just. It doesn't make any sense. Like, I saw a meme today that said, 
Uh, it was it was Jesus saying, that day I got nailed to the cross. What do they call it? Good Friday. He's like, really? You call it Good Friday? <laughs> it wasn't like, so great for me, yeah. What the uh, hell? No. So, I mean, all jokes aside, like, I respect everyone's beliefs, uh, religion. Like, my wife, my wife and I took in two kids that were, they were Muslim, so we changed up our dietary habits and, you know, and, and, and change up what we do in our regular life. We would celebrate Easter with the kids, Christmas, all the same holidays. I mean, I was raised Christian, but I don't consider myself religious at all. Right. That's what my, that's sort of my point. Like, if you're very religious, you probably love Easter. But for everybody else, like, it, it's sort of the holiday for the sake of a holiday. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing, there's nothing good that comes from it. There's not really, like, a day that everybody agrees, like, we all take off work, no matter what it is that you do. There's nothing, like, the food is just sort of eh. I mean, like, yeah. it, it's just, I don't know, man. Every year, I'm like, I'm going to try to find something to enjoy about And I like getting together with my family. Like, don't get me wrong. I actually like my family. I enjoy spending time with them. But, yeah, like, well, short of that, I, there's just nothing there for me. I get it. Like, no, nothing makes sense, though. Like, my favorite stand-up comedian, Bill Hicks, used to talk about Easter and saying, who came up with the idea that bunnies are laying eggs? Like, <laughs> the two things don't even go together. And then we start hiding chocolate eggs and the whole process. It's just like... It's more about the kids, but it's just another reason to have us spend money and buy stuff, right? Candy, 100%. gifts. I remember what it turned into. Like, I saw one kid for that I went to school with, and we were talking about, hey, I got all this candy for Easter. He's like, oh, yeah, I got a new CD player and a brand new video what game. What the hell? For Easter? Like, and parents were going out of their way, buying them stuff, and uh, it's just another one of those holidays to get you to spend some more money. I swear to God, dude. I, we, I don't know if you and I have ever had the conversation about my My wife is obsessed with, with cards, Right, like she, I hate them too. I it, hate cards. It's the most. It is the most vile industry that exists on the face of the planet. You, yeah. you. Ha- let's for exa- for example, my wife's birthday is coming up one week from tonight. I have uh, two choices. I can go get a birthday card for my wife. I can either spend ten dollars for the rapiest sounding card in the history of humanity, or mm-hmm. I can spend ten dollars for the fluffiest nonsense card that's ever existed in the history of humanity. There's nothing good that comes with any of it. But if I don't get her one, it does not matter what else I do. I could plan an entire day of activities, put in all sorts of thought, and if I didn't get her a goddamn card, she <laughs> will be very upset. The rest of the day is a waste. I must get her. She bought her mother an Easter card. We're driving to breakfast <laughs> yesterday. I'm like, what? Did I miss something? It was your mom's birthday? Like, did I? Am I off? And she's like, no, it's an Easter. Gotta get card. her something with bunnies and, and and balloons and stuff on it. Right? Well, I'm like, I'm like, what the? An Easter? They make Easter cards? Like, what is it? So I I do the thing where I buy the cheapest card I can find, and it doesn't matter if it's for something else. It, it could be like congratulations right. on your yeah, 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 no, I'm, I'm giving it to somebody for their fiftieth birthday. For, now, you know? for certain people, you can do that. But I, I, like, hopefully you didn't marry someone who cares about this. Because I'm telling you. I do it all you, the time. <laughs> does, but did, okay, does your wife give a rat's ass about greeting cards? Uh, she So she actually has, like, a ton that were, say, like, like um, they're blank cards, but there's imagery on the front. Like, it might be a rainbow or a flower or something. or And then she handwrites cards. But she has a bunch of them that she, like, bought in bulk, I guess. I don't know. Okay, that's weird. But, uh, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> But it's funny because I told her, I guess it's like an almost like a thank you card that you'd send out for something. So she has those, but she also used those for like birthdays and stuff. Because we usually write messages to one another back and forth, um, you know, on those messages. But I've told her like my dislike for cards in general. Like it just, 
it seems so silly to go spend five dollars to put twenty dollars on something. Yeah, if you're you them a gift. You, you know? wish it was five. You wish yeah. it was five dollars. <laughs> well, you should you should be looking in the sections I'm looking. Oh, at. I look at those ninety nine cent cards. They're eyeing me up. So here's the problem. I I can't even do like the silly card right because. It, it what it'll say to her is you didn't think to buy the card until the day of and all of the cards were sold out uh, so you had to get something out like if i get a card for mother's day and it doesn't say happy month because i go to the grocery store the day of and they're out of all the mother's day cards and mm-hmm. i'm like well i could just get a card that says something sweet like i love you and then i can write happy mother's day she will open that and she will th- like throw it at me and say, you forgot to get a card. And she will be legit pissed off about the card situation. And I just spent $8 on a piece of effing paper. I don't get that at paper. all. It makes Look, is it, no bloody sense. Is it a guy-gal thing, or is it just your... That's why I was asking about your wife. You're clearly your yeah. wife. She's not. Is, is, Mrs. Khan is not worked up if you don't... Do you have to get her a, a paper card? Or could you just get her a nice gift every year and she's fine? No, she she likes like I said the the, the messages. We'll write a handwritten message. M- mine probably, if you read it year to year, probably says the oh, same it's the exact, exact same. same thing. Right, one hundred percent. Yeah, that's like, that's you know one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. Repeat. Yeah. Well, no, for me it's more like we've got we've got our we, our song that's been our song since we met, and if I throw in some lyrics from that, she's happy. We have a, a saying that we use, a phrase that we use with each other, and if I use that, mm-hmm. she's as long as I do something like that, she's fine. But it's not about my words are so much lesser than the idea that I thought ahead of time to purchase her a greeting card. Which, by the way, I'm literally going to purchase a Mother's Day card right now so that I don't forget to do that come Mother's Day because she will be beside herself about the card situation. Yeah, there's, there's nothing like being a guy and having that feeling, realizing that, oh, today's the day, and then going to the local grocery store and picking up whatever cards are left. Like, that's, that, that should be a pastime for all of us. Did she ask? You know, like, we, it should it, it should be an honored tradition. Oh uh, no! Right, right. Like you expect that a hundred percent. That is exactly mm-hmm. the way that it should be. I don't remember the other things. There were like three other things that are on the list for you, and I've already forgotten what they were. So the hell. Oh, did you, did you watch any of the USFL this week? And do you care at all? None. Thank not you. not a single bit. And like when I saw the one game had nine fumbles, I'm like, thank God I didn't watch it. I, it's, I you know, if it if it catches on and it starts to, like people were asking, me, are you going to bet it? I said, look, I'll bet anything, but I have no interest in watching it, especially when it's up against Major League Baseball and NBA playoffs. I, or, you can even put hockey up there, and I never watch hockey, really. Um, <laughs> I'd rather watch that than the USFL. I mean, I can't. I can't believe. I, I do feel like this time, unlike, like the last two times they did one of these things, it felt like people were really trying to pretend like they were going to watch and be into it and care about it. Mm-hmm. I was like, what are we doing? At least this time around, it doesn't even feel like people are putting are half-assing it. I can't believe they put a game on two major networks this weekend. No one cares about it. There are real sports you can't watch on television, like that you have to watch on Apple Plus or whatever. They put a USFL football game on both Fox and NBC. No one in the country gives a half of an S. It's did, you, did you see any of the ratings? Because I haven't oh, seen no, anything haven't. on it yet. I don't I know if that comes out later today or what, not, but I have, no, I have no interest. No, Period. zero. I had no. no idea they were playing. None. I had forgotten until last week, you know, like I, I, I literally forgotten. Then I was like, oh, right. Uh, hang on a second. The new USFL kicked off Saturday night in a historic simulcast on Fox and NBC, delivering a projected three million viewers across the networks and their streaming platforms. At the same time? 
Or is that just I'm, all added I'm up? I'm guessing it's between the two. Between is there one guy that tuned in a million times? I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't. I don't know how any of that works. I I refuse to believe there are actually three million humans that sat down and watched that on Saturday night. And if there are, seek help. Just seek but, help. But even too, like when you like, I did look at some of the spreads where one team is like minus five and a half, and the over unders are forty. You know what the over-unders are in the NFL on a consistent basis? You'd have to have a horrible weather game between two defensive-minded oh, no teams for it to even be near No 40. doubt. No doubt. So, oh, it's brutal. Good luck with that. All right, what's coming up on the Big Bag Morning Show this week? Well, we're all back together, uh, the whole crew. That doesn't last long. We, we did have a funny moment today where some guy called in and basically insinuated that Ed Norris's name should be first on the billing. Ironically, it is. It always says Norris, Long, and Khan. Okay. So I started calling it. Con Norris and Long to make myself feel better, so I'm not always oh, third building. Oh, okay. You know what? You yeah. can you can chime in on this. Rita and I are struggling because we're not going to have like a name for our show. Like we don't have any plan for that, and we're both Virgos. So we're like we both are are pretty. So should which sounds better? Does Glenn and Rita sound better, or does Rita and Glenn sound better? I was going to go with the baddest bitch in the world and the NFL chick. That's not bad. Now that yeah. you might be onto something. No, <laughs> no, we're not doing that. Um, I, Glenn and Rita, Rita. Yeah. I think the Rita and Glenn has more of a ring to it. I agree. I yeah. agree. Although, it, when I brought this up with some other folks that I saw this weekend, they did mention that maybe if we went with Glenn and Rita, there would be the possibility of having a local restaurant come up with a Glenn and Rita drink, like a, a spin on a margarita oh. of some sort. Like if we went I, that I way. I like that. Yeah. I see that. Yeah, I that thought about work. the branding possibility with that. Okay. Yeah. That could, that could work, too. I don't know if I want a Glenn and Rita. Yeah, oh, no, no, you don't. I assure you, there is no... Ch- I don't even know what... We always had to think about what that... What <laughs> what would a Glenn and Rita uh, taste like? And I, the answer is no, you don't want it. You don't. be willing to bet it has a salty rim. Oh, no. What? Uh, I was talking about the drink. No. You, oh. Uh, you, uh, <laughs> no. I guess it could be a double entendre. What's, what, what is the... Now, what should I be... As far as the hazing goes this week... Like, who should I walk away from because they're most likely to dick my head in the toilet? Like, give me oh, a swirl. Oh, it's a radio station? Yeah. I don't think you really have anybody to worry about. I mean, you know most of the people unless – is there any disdain towards you from anybody? Oh, oh, you have uh, – Coleman, of course. I mean, like, there's that, a lot. That does not matter. That's like – you just swat the fly away. You're done. <laughs> swat so, the fly that doesn't matter at all. Um, uh, I, I guess if do, do, I mean do no, you I was hoping I, with some no, no, no. I was really hoping that you would make a joke out of it. Like I was really hoping that you would oh. say something like, "Oh, no, no, no." What you don't know is that Haney secretly, you know, is, like he's going to slash your tires for fun. This is what he does. I was hoping you were going to turn into it to some sort of no, prepared well, stick. Because it's it, like I would love to have something for you, and but I don't know that there's anybody on our airwaves that would really. I think the morning show is the most likely to mess with you. Good. But again, that would be in a friendly manner. You know, all three. Good. Of them. I'll take. I'll take all three on one time. I, that sounds. Yeah. That sounds. <laughs> wait, no. Three no, guys at no, the I, same time. I think I meant what I said. Wait, wait, no. <laughs> Good luck to you. <laughs> at Jeremy Con one zero five seven on Twitter. His picks every day. Pressboxonline.com. Love you, pal. Talk to you next Monday. See you guys. Thanks, man. Jeremy Con checking in with us on GCR as he does every week. All right. Today's show also brought to you by Simply the Bets, which returns tomorrow morning, 11.40 a.m. And then we got Weekend at Bookies coming up this Thursday at 11.40 a.m. as well. Two great betting shows for you as we try to help you make some money. Betting the NBA playoffs and also, importantly, getting ready for the NFL draft and how you can make some money betting the NFL draft. Yeah, that caught me a little off guard all of a sudden to push on Trayvon Walker this weekend. I don't know what to make of that. 
Hopefully, the folks that we talked to this week will have some more answers about that. He is, in the FanDuel Sportsbook, he is only the second favorite, but it's Hutchinson minus 170, Walker plus 175, and then Evan Neal 16 to 1. So it's a two-horse race in the FanDuel Sportsbook. We'll talk about that on Simply the Bets tomorrow morning and on Weekend at Bookies on Thursday morning. Those shows coming up this week brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Come back in, get tidbit, get tubular, to wrap it up. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com. Help.org. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Baseball is back, and so is the spring seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash fried pork belly with our popular Korean number two sauce, and take a bite out of the crunch burger topped with home run sauce, white American cheese, and house made chips. It also features irresistible options like a baseball cut sirloin with blue cheese, grilled shrimp with garlic butter, and a strawberry salmon salad. And then there's the closer, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jack. This menu will be going, going, gone at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com to find out more. Great food, good sports. The newest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, we celebrate the 20th anniversary of Maryland men's basketball's 2002 NCAA Tournament Championship. As Gary Williams reflects on how the program rose from the ashes of NCAA sanctions to the pinnacle of the sport. And why his perspective of the title run has changed now, two decades later. Plus, Juan Dixon, Lonnie Baxter, and the rest of the team relive the moments that ultimately led them to cutting down the nets in Atlanta. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out BuyAToyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcast. It's Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here as we wind down for a Monday edition of the program. Yeah, that's that's a straight shoot about my wife and cards, by the way. It's it, it's it is insanity. Did you know they made Easter cards? Like greeting. I guess I probably assumed. But for who? Who is that for? Your wife? But I I'm sure as hell didn't get any Easter card. That didn't happen. I didn't know they existed. I don't know who that's like. Is I I I guess I could see where like if. It, I don't know, somebody in your family, like you you live away from your mother and you want to send her a, a card or something to tell her you're thinking about. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird to me. Easter. You know, Mother's Day's coming up in like three weeks, right? Like, you could just do that. 
I don't know who that's for. It's very weird bit. Very, very strange. From Tim. Tim says, do, do, do. Uh, Glenn, do you make anything of all of the wide receivers that are apparently going to hold out of off-season workouts? I saw something about that, but I don't know. So I'm trying to find. I saw this floating around this morning about a group of wide receivers that. All uh, All right. This is from Adam Schefter. Says DK Metcalf. No, sorry, not DK Metcalf. Debo Samuel, AJ Brown, Terry McLaurin, all skipping on-field work during off-season programs amid their pushes for new contracts. Um, they are seeking contracts, not expected to participate in any on-field work during their respective teams' off-season programs. The Titans and Commanders. Vin, blah 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 blah. I guess the question from him is, is there any chance that Hollywood Brown does something similar? No, he's not as good as those guys are, I don't think. I mean, like, I, you know, he can, but... I, I guess what here's the two things I would tell you. One, it's off-season workouts. Who the F cares if somebody isn't at off-season workouts? Not me. I mean, who in the world cares? Don't care if they're not there for OTAs don't really care if they're not there at the start of training camp. Your good players don't need to be there for those things. I, I, I don't like pulling the curtain back like that, but the pandemic proved that to us. This notion, it's like that people would always lose their mind. Joe Flacco's not working out with his wide receivers. Drew Brees is. It's just mouth-breathing nonsense. Are they ready for the start of the season? Who gives a flying F? We all like to pretend because we heard about the stories of John Unitas getting together with Raymond Barry and that, that, that work they did together over on the side field after practice was over, that was what made all the difference. Yeah. Or that they were really good, one or the other, you know, either one. The idea that this is the stuff that makes a difference to winning a Super Bowl is just bat-ass nuts, and there are way too many examples of why it's not true. So, no, it doesn't matter. Now, does it matter that those guys are looking for contracts and those teams got to figure out with the wide receiver market exploding what it is they're willing to pay and when you pay it? And is there another Marquise Brown conversation to be had? It's not with these guys. It's not with Debo Samuel and Terry McLaurin, A.J. Brown. Those guys are better. Plain and simple, those guys are better than Hollywood Brown, who I'm not. I'm not a Hollywood Brown hater. I'm not a hater. But let's not kid ourselves. He's behind those three guys. So I have no doubt that Hollywood Brown would like to get a, you know, look at the market. I'd love to show that he'd love to get that type of money, but so would everybody else. It ain't happening. And Hollywood Brown's not getting, if teams are struggling with whether or not to pay A.J. Brown that type of money, there's zippy chance they're paying it to Hollywood Brown. This is a bit of a reckoning in this moment for wide receivers. Is that position about to explode the way the quarterback position did, or are there a couple unique examples? Is it about to become, if you're a good one, you get X amount of dollars the way the quarterback position has, or is it reserved for the best of the best, the Devontae Adams of the world, the Tyreek Hills of the world, maybe the DeAndre Hopkins, the Stephon Diggs, the true top five types of receivers in the game. 
And a couple of these guys would have arguments to be on the edge of it. I mean, A.J. Brown is on the edge of that conversation. Debo Samuel is a unique type of player, but, you know, he's on the edge because of how unique he is. As a true wide receiver, he's not that guy, but, you know, his, his, you know, there's not really anybody quite like him in the league. Terry McLaurin is unbelievable, and I just don't think we realize how unbelievable he is because he's playing in Washington. I think if he played in a lot of places, we'd talk about Terry McLaurin as one of the top young wide receivers in football. So I don't know. I don't know how this all plays out. I don't know what happens with the wide receiver market. But I will say, and I allude to this in my column day at PressBoxOnline.com, some of these conversations are related to why it is that I'm not dismissive of going wide receiver again in the first round for the Ravens. I'm not, I'm not encouraging it. It's not my priority, but I'm not dismissive of it either. Wide receivers cost a lot. Getting one for as long as you can at a reasonable price that's really good, it's a hell of a way of doing business. If you think Garrett Wilson is that good and he happens to slip, it's, it's unlikely. Drake London is that good and he happens to slip, I'm not saying no. Take him. Go get him. It's not my first priority for the draft, but it's I'm good with it. I'd be fine with it. Doing the bit where you say, well, you've used two first-round picks and receivers in the last three years. Okay, well, the, the same people that say you can't spend a first-round pick on a wide receiver are the same people that say you can't spend that much money on Hollywood Brown. Or they don't think he's that good. Like There's this weird Venn diagram where people don't realize those two things are intersecting. You think that Hollywood Brown is part of the problem, but you also don't think you can spend a first-round pick on a wide receiver. You can't have it both ways. I'm willing to spend a first-round pick on a wide receiver if you think that's the guy. Um, what will have, happen with these guys? I don't know. I mean, will they be traded? That's the other thing somebody brought up is will they be traded? You brought up something. Somebody on Twitter talking about Debo Samuel being traded this morning. It turned out it was a nobody. Um, I don't know. I I, I don't. I don't know what this is about to look like with the wide receiver position. I, I really, there is a bigger reckoning that's about to happen where either all of these guys are about to get paid insane amounts of money and that's the way it's going to go or they're going to have to get together and say, no, we're not doing that. But if that's the case, isn't there another team that doesn't have a wide receiver that needs one? I mean, the Chicago Bears could desperately use a wide receiver. If Justin Fields is ever going to be a player, and I don't know, I'd probably bet against it at the moment, but they could use a wide receiver. I, I, My gut tells me that these guys are all about to get paid, that it's going to be far closer to the quarterback market when it comes to wide receivers because the wide receivers know the thing that I always say about the quarterbacks. The quarterbacks are only as good as the wide receivers that are around them. That This bit where a quarterback can just make any old wide receiver great is not remotely true and never has been you got to have real players around these quarterbacks, and they know that. So they're smartly saying, let's use our leverage too. But it's not going to be pushed because of off-season workouts. Who gives a rat's ass about that? All right, let's get Tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by the Baltimore Police. They're looking for some folks. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good. BPDrecruit.org. 
All right, the Orioles have certainly started the season overachieving despite the 3-6 and six start. As a team, the Orioles have pitched to a 3-0-4 ERA, fifth best in the majors and second best in the American League. With their 5-0 win to take the series against the Yankees on Sunday, it marked the second shutout of the opening homestand, a feat they had not accomplished since 1992 when Rick Sutcliffe and Ben McDonald threw matching 2-0 shutouts in the opening series against Cleveland. Fitting, given, given the fact that this is the 30th anniversary of Oriole Park at Camden Yards and 1992 marked the first season. While this run has been impressive, this is not the most impress- impressive pitching run in Orioles history. In 1995, the Orioles ended the season with five straight shutouts. I do vaguely remember that. Including four complete games. Oh, who pitched them? Who threw those shutouts? Uh, One guy did it twice. Messina. Messina did it twice. Two complete game shutouts. Uh, oh, God. 95, 95, 95, 95. Was that Kevin Brown? Kevin Brown did it. And now he calls the games. Remarkable. <laughs> um, what a talent. It was 95. 95 was... Oh, 95. Oh, boy. Um, Moyer? No. Erickson? Scott Erickson, you have one left. It was his last. Ben McDonald? Ben McDonald. Okay. You got him. You got them all. Was Moyer on the team in 95? What's that? Was Moyer on the team in 95? I believe he was. Um, Yeah, Ben McDonald was the only one not to throw a complete game because he walked five batters. (laughs) What a bum. Get him out of here. He gave up one hit in six innings. The, all, the, all the other ones through games didn't games. matter, unfortunately. That's the shame of it. Well, I was in season eleven and four. I always, what I always struggle with is um, which year was Kevin Brown and which year was David Wells. That's always Wells was ninety six and Brown was ninety five. Those are always the two that I struggle with because I, I remember being at an Orioles Yankees doubleheader uh, in July of ni- I remember July thirteenth, nineteen ninety six, and David Wells pitched the second game in that doubleheader, and the Yankees swept the doubleheader and the series four games done. They referenced it on Seinfeld. Okay, so we got that going for us, which is which is not nice. Uh, <laughs> I think and they not, made the playoffs. Most of us kind of tuned out the '95 after September 6th. <laughs> like the the '95 season ended that night, and then we rejoined in '96 when they were good again. Mm-hmm. Like that was sort of the way that the '95 season went. All right, very good. Uh, here's what's coming up totally tubular-wise. It's brought to you by Glory Days Grill, where the spring seasonal menu is available. I have to get over there. i got to start trying all these wonderful items on the spring seasonal menu. The opener, the flash-fried pork belly with the popular Korean number two sauce. Oh, the crunch burger topped with home run sauce, white American cheese, and house-made chips. So, so good. The baseball cut sirloin with blue cheese, the grilled shrimp with garlic butter, strawberry salmon salad, and so much more. Get your order in right now, glorydaysgrill.com. Here's what's coming up tonight, totally tubular-wise. The Orioles are out on the West Coast, opening up a series in Oakland. 9.40 on, uh, you know what, they'll probably move to Masson too. Apparently the Diamondbacks have been washed out today, or the Diamondbacks Nationals have been washed out today. So that game will likely move to Masson tonight since there's no Nationals game on Masson too. 9.40, Spencer Watkins and Frankie Montas, the pitching matchup between two juggernauts out on the West Coast. MLB Network, Twins, Red Sox going on right now because it's a, a marathon day up in Boston. Braves, Dodgers at 10. TNT's got Raptors Sixers game two at 7.30. Nuggets Warriors game two at 10. NBA TV for Jazz Mavericks game two at 8.30. 
NBC Sports Washington and NHL Network for Capitals Avalanche at 9. I'm told the Capitals are suddenly hot again. Uh, ESPN airing a special E60 tonight, the Paterno Legacy at 8 o'clock. I am to understand this is the 10th anniversary of something. Don't know what that date would be. What happened in April? Because the actual scandal began in, was this when Joe Paterno passed away maybe? Might be what it was. I don't know. I was still I was still living at my buddy Jess's house in twenty twelve when this when this ha- when the Jerry Sandusky thing happened. So it might be the tenth anniversary of that. Because I moved out later in twenty twelve. He passed away in January of twenty twenty two. So I guess it's just sort of a ten year reflection on the entirety of the scandal, mm-hmm. I guess is what it is. But that's tonight. The Paterno Legacy at eight on uh, it's an E sixty special on ESPN. And uh, USA Network for WWE Monday Night Raw at 8 as well. Some non-sports highlights? Uh, it's a Metallica night on TV because it's Better Call Saul and nothing else matters. Oh, well, I mean, I'm all for Better Call Saul. I'm excited about that. Yeah, there, there's really, I mean, unless you like the neighborhood, Bob Hart's Abishola and no, CIS. None of those things do it for me. It, yeah, yeah, do it's, it, for it me. really is just Better Call Saul. Just, just well, I mean, that's, that's a good one to have. Uh, yeah. to, uh, we'll take that. Wait, so both Better Call Saul and We Own the City are going to be on Monday nights? Wow, that's something. That's something. All right. So coming weeks are going to be interesting. Very good. All right. Uh, thanks today to um, who am I thinking? I'm thinking the guest, Stephanie Reddy. Thanks to Jeremy Kahn. I don't know what the hell just happened. Thanks to Rita, and thanks also to Matt Swope from Maryland Baseball. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Tomorrow on the program, Grayson Rodriguez is going to join us, one of the top pitching prospects, of course, in all of baseball, if not the top pitching prospect in all of baseball. He's with Norfolk Tides right now. Patrick Stevens joins us as he does every Tuesday. Maryland lacrosse looked pretty good again. They actually, this is the funny part, they actually struggled a bit in that game. And then one going away against Ohio State on Saturday. And I think maybe Delegate Brooke Learman might join us tomorrow to talk a little bit more about uh, HB 895 and some other sports-related things that happened in the legislature this session. I'm still working on that. But I think that's going to be tomorrow morning as well. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including... Glory Days Grill, the Baltimore Police, Royal Farms, Great Eights Memorabilia, FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, Underdog Fantasy Football, the Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Paul at Paul Valley the Third on Twitter. Thanks to Ryan Shell at Rexfex Ryan. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Monday night. Go Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.